Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, another massive name. Buzzing to get him on. It's the Miller man. Kenny, thanks for coming on, mate. No Delighted. Uh, right, on to the football, mate. Team growing up. You for Edinburgh, where about Steve? Edinburgh, boy, Musselburgh. Musselburgh, right? Musselburgh, yeah, but grew up a Rangers fan. Oh, did you, right? Yeah. I thought you were a Highbury. I was a Rangers fan. Yeah, I was in a Hibster, I was 12. Right. So you start, once you know yourself, once you're in a club, and you start to kind of look towards their games. But no, I was a Rangers fan growing up. Cousin was a season ticket holder, you brought me through it a few games. Old boy was a Rangers fan. So aye, uh, Rangers fan growing up, so. Do you remember any games that you went to now? First game was a Motherwell game. Sitting in the Broomlaw stand with my cousin, that's where the season ticket was. That was my very first game, probably about, don't know, they brought me through maybe 10 or 11 when I was three, they brought me through. Aye, brilliant, eh? I mean, your dad goes well, eh? No, just my cousin took me on the, on the bus. Just the two of you, is that, in Glasgow? Right, causing older, it? Older cousin. Right, okay. I wasn't causing it that. Like. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how did you end up joining Hibs? You've set up. I was just in there. I was treating with everybody pretty much for a, for a young age. Uh, I was in with Motherwell, Celtic, Hearts, St Johnston, Falkirk. But Hibs, I was, Hibs was a constant. I was there for about 12 school holidays. We park it. Oh, what a man, mate. What a moustache. What a moustache. What a man, top coach. And he'd done everything, you know, like for the, for the youth series. You know, I remember for the first time I was in there, kind of for 12, 13, he would be, he would be in the school holidays taking everything. And then when I went on full time at 16, he was the one that took us for 16 right through to the, right through the first team. Do you remember how much you got first mate? 75 pounds. 75 quid. 75 quid a week. What time you in the morning? staff or in. I would get the bus up, so I'd be in for about probably eight and a half eight. Being on the jobs? Boots. Boots first, jobs and that one after I scrubbing the toilets, then the showers, oh, yeah. uh, cleaning the boots. I used to take a right pride in them my boots, that's mine's were the best. Who, who, who did you do? I was Pat McGinley, Yogi. Were you Yogi's boot boy? Yogi, aye. Did he terrorise you? Eh? Did he terrorise you? Brand new, to be fair. He terrorised everybody. Uh-huh. He would just come in and put into the boot and break. That's it. Everybody was nine, ten years. Lights off, he would just take a lot of us. Brilliant, eh? He was an absolute animal, aye. But good lad. Uh, you know, I still, still do a bit of the radio work with him now, so tells everyone. I love hearing him speak about football, mate. He knows he's so stuff, passionate, isn't he? Aye, he knows his stuff. He's uh, had a couple of bad moves, to be fair. I think it's. Uh, it's kind of knocked his, knocked his stock a wee bit, but he knows his stuff. I remember playing against his, his Falkirk team in the, in the cup final and the abs have popped it, didn't it? Uh-huh. Popped it for fun. He'd done the same at, uh, done the same at Murnes. He wins the Scottish Cup. Yeah. 
what an achievement that is. And he did a good job at Hibs as well. We've had them playing a good, a good brand of football as well. I saw what a man here was. Need to get him on here as well. See, when you were a young player, would you be a wee cheeky guy that would give him aye, a bit back? Aye, I was that guy. That's why it's been a first round. And even the older... <laughs> Something's never changed, yeah. The older <laughs> the ground staff. Hated me. Did that, huh? Hated me. Like, you've done the gauntlet. Like, when you go on, you, you go on to... Uh, when you first, first like your initiations, the gauntlet. So it's all the boys who are... On the, on the full time staff and the new boys have to run the watch or up in their way and the old Easter Road men stand up in their way chain you've got to get to that end to that end and they're three four at the end and they're and I'll tell they were trying like <laughs> I'm bothering a wee bit I got to the end sharp as well somebody actually had a go me once I was at the end did they? who was it? I once you'd finished he's got a he's got a wee had a wee swipe at the end but I managed just to bob that as well so Brilliant. it was uh, no, good times see that does that annoy you know that that's not involved in football anymore? I, I think there's so much wrong with like with the game and how academies have been similar so the, the, the academies are great but I still think you need to keep a level of I mean we park and come back to we park I mean he was so so hard on us you know like really really hard on what Kenny like working hard if wanted, I working hard every single day if I wanted to do our jobs properly our boots properly the wee man would be on you but more importantly when you're not doing your job if you're not doing your job properly the wee man we played at Broxburn Juniors games uh, and the Douglas I don't know if you ever played there no, no, no. raised so they're about... I'll probably be playing there next year. <laughs> they're about four or five feet high. Right. They're dug in the right back, and I remember, or they were four or five, and I remember, wee man jumped right out, and you know, wee parties. Yeah. Five foot zero, he jumped straight out, right over the, right, and lands, lands down, and he, we just go ballistic if you want to do our job, you know, like, but it gave you a, it gave you a real demand on you. I mean, you either sank or swim, you know, mm. it's, and the wee man was brilliant with that, but it was a top level coach with real demand, and, Actually, I've always said the ground that he gave me and all the other boys stayed with you for the rest of your career. Absolutely huh? massive what it took to be a footballer. Brilliant. First season in the first team, you got relegated. Is it your fault? No, I'm kidding. You only made seven appearances. Seven, seven, seven matches. Jim Duffy, was it? I played at the end of the season as well. So I made a start. My first start was the last game of that season. I get away at Kelly. How was that? Uh, good. I enjoyed that. Again, I was training with the first team. We played reserves that week. Uh, St. Johnston, maybe, at Meadow Bank. And Jackie McNamara was obviously the he's he muscle of a boy as well, muscle of a boy. My dad knew Jackie. Right. Uh, Jim Duffy was the manager. And Jackie and Jackie told me on the Thursday that would be in the squad for the Saturday. So I was pure buzzing, obviously, thinking I'm going to play, I'm going to play, like pure nervous as well. Because yeah. I don't really get nervous that much now, or I haven't for a while, but I'm right nervous. And I never even knew the team sitting in the dressing room. So it was, am I going to play, am I not going to go on the bench? So I sort of turned it. Like you say, the seven consecutive sub uh, First game was Motherwell, came on, we scored for a, I think I actually had a shot, saved, went for a corner. Big Dodgy came up, scored a header, put us one up, we're on a double bonus, 900 quid. No way. And you're on 75 quid a week? 75 quid a week. Uh, and uh, no, I actually went, I'd, I'd signed another corner. Another thing about it, when I, when I started, everybody signed two year round staff. But towards the end of that season, I looked at my contract, I was only filming that signed a year deal. So I'd been to Parkey and I said, Parkey, like, what's going on here? I've only got a year, a year contract. So see, looking back, and obviously one or two sure. Sure about it, yeah. And it maybe only gave us a year, but or, or whether it was, it wouldn't have been a mistake, it's just, but I went and went, oh, he goes, listen, that's fine, we'll get it. So, so I actually signed another contract, so I think it worked in my favour, I went up to 150 quid a week the next year. Flash. So I was buzzing, uh-huh. double my money, I was feeling buzzing, but again, we're on 900 quid, so last minute, don't, uh, Somebody has a shot and Ollie and Scalson spills one. 
And Tommy Coyne goes and wraps it on the roof of the net on the rebound. Done a sort of thing. You've got that 900 quid spent in your head, haven't you? Oh, it's gone. I devastated. What about uh, Jim Duffy? Obviously, Parky was quite tough. Jim Duffy is notoriously quite tough on people, isn't he? Could he go through you? Oh, he could go through, but he would actually want to fight you as well. I remember one day, uh, <laughs> we were down the old game, two teams behind the goal, number yourself, you come out, you play one uh-huh. one and it turned up Gordon Hunter and big Sean Dennis, big veg. Remember him played race overs as well? Uh, hard man, wasn't he? Hardy, hardy, hardy centre-backs that never actually got on great, by the way. Right. It just so happened they were number three, two of them. So number three comes... Ball wasn't even at the two of them. Boom. <laughs> two foot of each other. Duff stops the session, goes wild. Nothing, that's no good if that's unacceptable. If anyone's want to fight, I'll fight you. I'll fight the two of you. It was a hard day, hard day, hard day. And did they two shit it? No, that was the gaffer, so they just kind of, oh, and yeah. got on had to be carried off to him. <laughs> <laughs> he was called Jeeves as well. Oh, right, so, okay. Uh, Gordon Hunt was a Jeeves as well, so he, I think, he had to get carried off. I think I was actually injured, missed the rest of the session. Jim Duffy left and Alex McLeish came in in February. Why was he not able to keep the club up? <laughs> you know, we'd obviously went on that, I think, leading into, Fat Link was leading into my debut, I think, or seven straight defeats. I'm sure that was the record. So what, I think I, I can't actually really remember the numbers, but we must have been a wee bit back when Alex came in. But having that wee three, four months at the end of the season, it just, it just wasn't enough. Obviously, yeah. we get relegated and it was a rebuilding job. I made, I think I'd made eight, eight appearances that season, seven or eight appearances. And then I actually played a few games at the start of the season under Alex. But he made it quite clear to me after about five, six games that he was going with the experienced boys. Uh, Could you tell back then that he was going to be a top manager? Good man manager, and again, demanding. Uh, had a authority about him, which, is, which I think all, all decent managers need to have. He, he held the dressing room and yeah. spoke, and, and people respected him for that as well. So I, he's, uh, he was good. I really I enjoyed him. Again, it was, he really gave me that opportunity the following year. Yeah. Uh, to go and be a first team rider. See, even back then, as a young kid, would you go and chat with managers doing? Aye. Would you? Aye. I was, uh, I mean, again, because you're party at the football club, when I, I said I played, I was in the squads for the first, I would say, maybe five games. And I think I started, I started two, maybe three. I remember one of the starts was Rafe at home. We won 3 1. Had actually a really, a really good game. Stevie Crawford scored a couple in, in Badger, he came on and scored or something as well. Uh, and then it wasn't too long after that. Alex had pulled me and said, look, I'm going to, I need to go with the experience, boys. We need to get back up. That's, if I don't get back up, that'll be me, I'll do that job. Yeah. So we need to get back up, I'm going to go out. I said, that's fine. Same day I went to see Parkett. I said, can I go to Bond? Because I'd had a tasty first team match and going back to the youth team. I was still involved with the youth team and things because I was still at that age. I could play under 18. That, uh, so it wasn't the same. I'd had a taste and I was hungry. So uh, the next day, Parkett pulled me in on the Friday. He says, right. Teddy will take you to Stenny. Is that your old teacher, eh? Huh? Teddy Master, actually. How was that when you Ed Maston? It had been there for years, I think, at Stenny. Obviously, his old duffel coat always came out in uh-huh. Scottish Cup runs, so he was, <laughs> always got a bit of press coverage, Terry. So it was, that was the Thursday I seen Parky. The Friday I went away and he said, Listen, Terry will take you to Stenny. When you're playing the morning, you start going roars. That's brilliant for you, eh? Just went, if I'm not playing, so I'm out. I play, you know, yeah. like, had to taste it. wanted to get a. I, wanted, I mean, there's, there's no replacement for first team football nah. for me. And even now, I know you've got the academies and all the different games, kind of schedules that teams take, but first team football for me really toughened me up, playing the third division. What was the third division like back then? Was it fags at half time or not? 
but I remember we went to Highbury, we got, we got Rangers in the Scottish Cup, right. we? and uh, we went for, it was the only game we went for pre-match, it was steak and chips for pre-match, that's what oh, I did. Oh, that's tremendous. No, we probably had a lot of going there, like a good, great group of boys, worked hard, but actually some good players as well. Uh, I, I loved the three, four months I was there. Oh, you uh, get some tremendous play in the lower leagues, mate. Uh, again, boys are dropped down, boys have been in and about the leagues for a long, long time, you know, so it was good, we had a good, really good group. Had a, uh, right good three, in fact, four months I think I eventually finished it. Yeah, and we got a trip to, trip to See, guys like Barry Robson, Stephen Doby, they said that going out on loan made them think, I do not want to play at this level, and it kind of pushed them on after that. Were you the same? Or were you just taking a good time? I, I, I never, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, it was, I mean, I was only 18 at the time, so it was probably just, you know, see training and then having that game on the side, you know, and then and actually playing for some. We got promoted that year. We went through, like, we finished, we finished second, the top two went up in that year. Brilliant. So we got promoted, so you played part in something, you know, you've achieved something, so. It was, uh, I just looked at that and again, you know what, I always knew I was going to, I was going to step on, you know. You knew you could just, go back and play that level, huh? Uh, the next year, it kind of really took off, huh? And the next year, you go back and make 30 appearances. What had changed? Had the experience at Stenersmuir helped you? Aye, absolutely. But what changed was the under 21 rule. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, Taylor that was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> it was tailor-made for me. I used to get 600 quid a week because oh, that under 21 rule on the bed for selling. Brilliant. brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. So there was me... Uh, against Scotty Bannerman, we'd have been floating about the bench at the time. We made a few appearances that championship. He broke through that year as well. Tam McManus was. Uh, oh, Tam McManus. The necklace is somebody called him. <laughs> so uh, that, that rule gave me the opportunity to always be in the squad. And I was probably the furthest forward in the, the under 21s ever. So I was always going to be that guy. But once I came on, I think the second game of the season, I scored the winner up at Dundee. 4 3, what a game it was. Uh, came on, scored the winner. Did I play the next game? I played the next game, or it was a game after, and then pretty much for then on, I was I was playing more than not. Seeing on you, and you're a young guy at Hibs. How good was it going in Edinburgh that after you'd scored the winner for Hibs? You know, see that season we had uh, so many Sunday night games. So we had Rangers on the Sunday at five past six kickoff. You remember? Uh, well, it was a brutal kickoff time, but amazing for the game. We we got I think we had six or seven of them. We never lost any. I think we won five and drew one. Uh, and then you were straight out, you were straight on. And everybody, by the way, the boys were a brilliant, brilliant group. The boys were. Would the manager encourage that? Yeah. Uh, well, Winker would be, he'd be in, but always be up to the day with Lloyd. Uh, Who's Winker? Andy Watson. Right, all oh, right, he so loves it, didn't he? We'd be straight up to the, we'd be straight, the boys who played, we'd be straight down recovering to David Lloyd, and Winker would be straight in the steam room, get out, get out of the system. <laughs> oh, tremendous. Right, I had to ask you about Russell Lappy, mate. Was he an absolute maverick? Unbelievable. But, but unbelievable player. Yeah. Maverick, loved a night out, loved a drink, smoked by a chimney. But ability-wise, and a football, unbelievable. I mean, him and Frank came at the same time. Wow. Like, playing with these two guys is unbelievable. They were outrageous footballers. Like, talked, I mean, again, Russell then went on and moved to Rangers. I mean, he was still a fair edge. I remember his, his first game was up in Brecon. And what did it was that, would that have been a reserve league? Was he sitting on the ice bucket? Might have been a reserve league. Well, also, this guy's 12 because he actually looked 12. Let's get him on the ice bucket. <laughs> he does look forward, doesn't he? Unbelievably player he was. We never knew anything about him, you know, but when you look back now, once he's signed, you have a look, he's played with the teams that he's played, you think this boy must be a player. And as it turned out, he was a player. See, Sozzi and Latape, would they have been up there with the best that you played with? Like even the standard at the Premier League and the Rangers and that? I would still win the. Played with so many good players, and again, they were at a, a wee bit towards the end of their okay. career, but unbelievable footballers, like for what they had achieved. 
with the teams that they've played at the levels they want to that either. They're right up there with some of the best. Was La Pupier laid back? Very, very. I mean, again, we went to Trinidad. We actually went to Trinidad and Tobago on January. It must have been the winter shutdown we went. And we went there and it's just, that's just Russell. Like, you know, what, the whole team went to Trinidad? We went, we went there and played a few games. And Russell is like, treated like an absolute king. When he got over there, off the plane, the camera crews, the crews were there, video them everywhere we went. Played a few games across there. Uh, had a, well, a week, ten days across there. Tremendous, yeah. Was there ever times that he would, because quite a lot of people that have came on and said he'd go at the wrong times, like a couple of nights I think, before? I think that was, there's been a lot of that was well documented, you know. But Did you miss a final because of it? At Falkirk, I think it was, was it there? Or Hibs? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe towards, see, towards the end of his time at Hibs. Uh-huh. Alex had a place to be. Can you remember them having a go at each other? Okay, but I had left at this time. Right. I, I was away, but I still kept in touch with the boys. I would still go meet them on a Tuesday night club and everyone as well. So it was, uh, but I kind of heard that Alex was kind of at the end of the line. Because I think he had agreed his deal to go to Rangers, hadn't he? Right. And he was. I think that was the time we got done on the Thursday or the Friday night and been out yeah. with his, his other famous mate, Yorkie. Yorkie. Was did you ever meet, did you ever go up with Aitor? No, I never was out with Aitor. <sighs> it was Brian Lara as well, the cricket. We met, so he came out with us when we were in, when we were close that time in Trinidad. Right? Did he, huh? Yeah. Top man. Good lad, aye. Brilliant, eh? What a guy. Uh, scoring goal standard for Hibs. When did the, uh, the murmur start to come that was interesting you? It was quite early, you know, it's like when you're playing, you've got young lads that are playing and, and, and doing reasonably well. Uh, I would, I would think probably around about Christmas, just before Christmas, there was quite a bit of talk. I think there was leads, there uh, was, was always heavily kind of rumoured, and then I signed a new contract in the January. And my agent at the time, Gordon Smith, was like, We're signing this because you've earned it. They're probably looking at the club will be looking at new view, we'll, we'll be looking to get you a move in there. Yeah. In the summer, and sure enough, there was a few things going on. I was on holiday at the time, and I'd left my, I was in Italy and I came left my first one call of the reaction actually and I'd left my phone in the villa. I came back and I had like 30 or missed calls or whatever it was and it was my mum, my dad, it was my agent I thought, oh, what's, what's happening here? So I'd accept, Hibs had accepted a bid for Rangers and I think there was a bid for West Ham on the table as well. So Alex had been on the phone as well. I, I spoke to him and said, do you want to fly back and meet me and we'll have a chat? So I flew back, met him at Gatwick. He flew down, met at Gatwick airport. I uh, had a chat and he said, look, this is what's on the table, what do you want to do? And I was like, what do you want to do? I want to go. He goes, right, that's up, up to you. He goes, this is the two ways the bids are structured, blah, blah. I think there was a good bit of money actually for West Ham on the table. Was there, huh? The club there, they gave me the opportunity uh, to... Uh, so they accepted less money to make you happy, huh? Pretty much, that's what... That's what when he told me the way the bids were structured, there was a good bit less at, right. at Rangers. Man, were you making less money at Rangers as well? We never even entered in the, ah, right. in the chat the other way. We never, I never knew what was going on at that time. It was just, this is the deal here, this is the deal, what do you want to do? And I said, what do you want to do? So, what, what did your dad say? Oh, they were pure My family was absolutely delighted. Like, it's, that's uh, it. We grew up as Rangers fans. You know, my dad's got a big family. He's got five brothers and four sisters. So, like, there's all split between Hearts and Rangers. And there might be a couple of hibs in there as well. But yeah. my dad was a Rangers fan. Me and my brother were Rangers fans growing up. So, it was, uh, aye. Absolutely. And absolutely delighted to get away from Tam McManus, I have. Oh, Tam took over a man, I think. He did, didn't he? He was, uh, he was bold as uh, I think that, again, in, in true Scottish football fashion, it's who cares that Kenny left was with Tam McManus. But, so that was the game. That, that never worked out, did it? He made an answer to that. Quite. <laughs> uh, the forward at the time of Rangers, Deboer, Flo, Moles, Wallace, Dodds. I know you're a confident boy, but were you yeah. still confident in replacing well, them? Flo came after, and... 
the ball came just after as well. So when I went and it was only Dodds, uh, Wallace, uh, Moles, <laughs> it was only wow. Moles to deal with. So I fancy my chance here. <laughs> obviously, the, the, the competition was great, which I knew it would be, but part of it for me was it's developing, you know, like it's going to play with better players, so you're going to become better, working with top level managers that are going to hopefully improve you. But again, me being me, I've always learned, I've always found I've learned, don't get me wrong, I've learned so much from the managers that I've worked with, top, top managers, but see, working with top players yes. and see how they operate every day. So that's why guys like, see, even Fergie, I always <coughs> talk about Fergie, the way he went about his business every day was outrageous. But you see, when you go into that, that team, you've got two guys, Albertsons, the balls, Newman's. Vidmar. Vidmar. No, I was only joking. Kinsjelskis. Is Connorman in there? Moles, Connorman came the same, same, the same year. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was there. Wow. Paul Arena. Like, Who did you learn the most of then? Out of them? Everybody had their role to play, but see when I'd been watching Rangers the year before and watching Moles play. Oh, Moles what a player. That wee turn oh, that. You've got that, I know. The locker, that, 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 Is that where you got it, Faye, then? Moles, eh? Moles all day long. I tried to throw that throw that into my game and still doing it now just knows quickly but it's, uh, <laughs> it was uh, aye, Moles was a see before he got his inj- injury I thought Rangers would be doing well to keep a hold of him yeah. I thought it was going top was level going very top I think when he came back it was still it was unbelievable to play alongside him had a lot of great, good games alongside him as well we made a good spell in the team together yeah. my first Champions League was up from him Morocco was up from him Michael uh, brilliant partner because he could do everything you know, he was strong he was good in the air, he could hold it up, he was rapid, he could get a goal, he had everything. So uh, I learned a lot of him to just watch him again. He was never really particularly close with him. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say we were mates at all, or maybe even really spoke, but me just watching him and seeing how he played and trying to add things into my game that he done was great. See, when you first went there, did you take to the standards straight away, or was there, was there a time that you thought, this is too much for me? No, no I, 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 I wanted to. I knew straight away it was. That was up a level, I explained right at the start, I've got a, I've got a bit of brain on my head, so it's, I knew it was going to be a, a big step up, but it was, uh, I've always thought of myself as a winner as well, whether it, when I was four and five and then flat races or yeah. playing back tennis in the back garden of my brother, I've always wanted to win, so I've kind of adopted it, like took to it quite well, but it's a different level, you realise these players are on a different, a completely different level, you, mm. know, you need to get up. You need to match that level, you need to be everything right every single day. So it was, uh, again, that's part of the reason you go there to learn to become better and, and move on. Did any of them ever give you a bit? Uh, a wee bit. I was a bit Dick. Uh, Dick was a brilliant, a brilliant manager and he had this real, he was a little general. Was yeah, all right, about him. Yeah. All right, about him. And this perception, it was this real hard taskmaster, but he was, uh, he had a Good funny side to him, you know, like after the St Mirren game I scored five. Right. And we played Monaco on the Tuesday or the Wednesday night, it was that midweek. So we were in we're in the club of the house the night before the game and me being the young boy I just scored five against St Mirren and I done the press after. So I'm then press and game time had I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'd been limited, I was always in the squads because I was still under twenty one though. Right. So I was still under twenty one. So I was always in squads, always involved, playing, subs, coming on, whatever it is. So I'd done the press after the game and being a young lad, they just abused me. They've absolutely just took advantage of me. So we were saying about again, as always, if I'm not going to play, then I'll look to I'll look to move on. But it was only early in my Rangers career, so yeah. I wasn't making that point. But oh, saying I want to play. If I'm not going to play, then 
then we'll obviously have a look at headline the headline you... of the, the morning of the Monocle game was play me or I'm off. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> so I woke up absolutely ripping that morning and I come down and I've seen it and I'm walking down like sheepish and me dick's just sitting in the corner and I'm like, yeah, my lord, you play me or I'm off, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I gaffer, I never, I never say that. And he was just smiling. He just smiling. He obviously knew, this. He knew how it works and how it operated, but it was... Uh, I was absolutely ripping it come down that uh-huh. That's one of the worst Dutch accents I've got here, mate. Oh, is it Dutch yeah, Scott, yeah, is it? <laughs> what about, uh, you mentioned Barry Ferguson, his standards. Yeah. Were you ever on the uh, receiving end of one of his? Every other day. He's, he's a moanious player. Him and Ince. Him and Paul Ince. We're going to come to Paul Ince. Yeah, uh-huh. Like, two of the, but strong, so mentally strong that it's never their fault. Right. Like, you can just see past whatever they've done wrong <laughs> that it was never, ever their fault. But, Fergie, for, I mean, I played against Fergie's a year or two older than me, but I remember playing against him. We played at Bathgate, I think Rangers played the reserve games at Bathgate, we played there, and I remember him just turning up. And he, I, me and one of the other lads, John Martin, missed the bus this day. So we parked again, abs, we're sitting in a taxi, one of Bathgate to us. Because <laughs> we parked, it was only abs like killers. And we arrived in the taxi at the same time, Fergie pulled up in his Honda club car, clearly. Oh, did he have a club car in it? a club car in it, honestly. He just had something about him. Obviously, you were about being a young boy and he was this player. He just turned up. You could just stop. Just by Ferguson. Even at that young age, yeah. You know, he had that about him. And he was, uh, I mean, what a football. But really, really demanding. And he, even in that dressing room, all the players, he was the, he was the, he was a voice. He was, doesn't matter who, who it was, he would, if you didn't give him that ball, he would be telling you. And, uh, I mean, what a real driving force. Like I say, all these, Mapping some world class yeah. people on that team, and uh, and he was he was a driving force. See, even early on at Rangers, would you give him a bit back, or would you have been I a bit? Die. Like fair, me, me and Ferdy always kind of had a wee bit of back and forth, but it was always in the always in the right manner. But I completely respected him for what he was as a as a captain and uh, as a footballer. Actually, I still say to this day, probably if not the best, definitely top three that you've played in. Played in. Wow. How would Flo and like Jerome Bronkhurst and that take a wee Scottish guy shouting at them? I, I think they just understand. See, early doors, you'll see what it's like, and you just have to go on it, you know? Like, it's, it, was, it, it was mental for me, like, honestly. <laughs> Can you remember the worst you've seen them go to somebody? The, the, the best, the best was when we were training. So we used to train at Steps, so we'd report the Ibrox before Murray Park. What a and place, it, Steps. And we'd go up to Steps, <laughs> good walking back there, so we're, we're doing boxes, and again, we've got guys, so like you say, some guys would just think, that's fair, you just, we'll just leave them, but other guys might have had a wee bit about them. So we had Eperini, right. so Italian Big guy, boy, uh-huh. like, character, Mafia. Had, had a brilliant, <laughs> Mafioso, <laughs> he's had a brilliant career, and he played at some massive player, and so again, so he's maybe thinking, oh, this wee Scottish guy at 22, he's not telling me what to do, so we're in boxes, and Fergie again, whether he misplaces that, gives it, it's not his fault. So he played a pass literally about a yard to the side of Sergio. So I don't know whose fault it was to this day, but Sergio's like, I'm not going in. And Fergie's like, I'm going in. You be? And so the two of them, and they end up coming to blows about who's going to go in. And they walk, so we did, Jimmy, so we Jimmy Bell, Jimmy, go and drive him back up to Ibrox, please. And the boy's like, that's I'm not having that, I'll be back up to Ibrox. <laughs> and Fergie thought, so Fergie, me, Fergie, I'm oh, rude, Sergio, no, I'm going to look at him. Did he send him off, eh? Back to Ibrox. Fergie, 
Volley's the ball, eh? You're training shite anyway. But again, it's forgotten that there was so many times he, he, he kicked balls over the head of the steps, that we did. Ah, they won't get that. Go and get that ball. So was Dick good for that? Good for him. Dick, uh, Dick was brilliant for Matty, I think. You know, and I think the two of them had a right good relationship. But Fergie was he was he was a, he was a leader of the team. You know, he was a, the driving force in the team. Brilliant, I love that. Um, as you said, you scored the goals against Monaco in the Champions League. Brilliant. How good are nights like that being a oh, young guy? Incredible night again. Like, even even after scoring the goals at the weekend against St. Man, it was still didn't know if I was going to play or not. So again, at that time, we never really done too much. Work on the team. Do you know big on shape for so that, eh? I never really knew if I was going to be playing or not until the team was meeting going that night. So then you're, you're pack, the team's packed and you're playing your starter Champions League game. A massive game as well, because had we won, I think we were through. Right. We'd have got through the last 16. Uh, and I scored after two minutes. So a good move again. It was out. I think it was out to Arthur. Arthur then lobs across and it comes to the back post and Arthur ball there and it takes a Slight deflection. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. It's yours. So, unbelievable. What's that feeling like? Is it fucking. Scoring a goal, you know, every goal you get that same feeling, but when you still, it's a Champions League night, you know, and again, me and Mikey were playing, this was the kind of we run of games all together. We played at the weekend together, we played that, I think we played Aberdeen just after that as well. And Mikey scored that night as well. It put us 2 1 up. I scored, and they went 1 1, then Mikey scored, went 2 1 up. And then Big Ammo took a brainwave and tried to dribble it, got caught, Simeone goal, 2-2, and then go for it. That's like that Hibs 900 quid game as well, isn't it? Uh, boys are killing you, mate. <laughs> see, I always ask people that play in the Champions League, see when you're standing and that Champions League music comes on, you, do you think you yourself, right, I've made it now. Full, full house at Ibrox, you no, think this hey, is it? But it's, like, it's, it's like watching it, like the hairs on the back of the neck are up, it's... Uh, it's just an incredible tune, aren't they? You just, yeah. you just watch it. Right. You actually think, this is amazing, even just watching. Are you shining yourself as well, though? Nah, see, once I, once I, again, that game I, I was, I was still, when I was 28 at the time, and it was my first, first opportunity to play that level, so, it was, but yeah, I was, I was, I was confident, I just came off the back of school and five goals, yeah. so, I just wanted to play and just carry on again, within two minutes you've got a goal. I actually had a, an unbelievable chance as well, I don't know what, was it, maybe at 1-0? I would even in the first half and it's once cut back and it's on my left and I just want to pass it back in the same way it came from it goes about an inch or two over the bar with him still think that then you still think that all the goals you've scored you still think that goes through so you said that you're flying mate five against St Mern scored against Monaco and then it changed after it and the goals dried up a bit why do you think that was is it just the inconsistency and all played all the time when you're in you're out and like at that point you're I, mean, I can't, I can't, I mean, I think I've got so 11 goals that, that season, I think, which wasn't enough considering the amount of games I played, but it was, uh, there's so many, there's, there's goals all over that team, yeah. you know, like you're not going to, you're not going to consistently, just go to, particularly as a young player, when you are in your out and you're going to be up and down and you have your good spells and bad spells, but it was, uh, I probably played more last season than what I would, uh, than I expected, because I think it's the 38 appearance, I probably started more than I, and you came on subs, mm. so it was. Uh, I played more than, a, than maybe I thought I would, but I listen, the goals never they, they dried up a wee bit and they become a wee quite sporadic through the rest of the season. You know, yeah. that good spot of five in Monaco, then Aberdeen, then I was, let's say, in a goal of the year or there between now and the end of the season. But the disappointing thing about that season was we never won anything. All yeah. the players on things, we've got a chance here, a right good chance of running things here. And that's why, this is why you go to a club like Rangers. And, just not quite hard for us. See, when you're no winning things, is it a hard place to be? Uh, really tough because the fans are demanding. You, when you see that, there's maybe been a wee bit of a lesser demand over the last few years because of what's happened to the football club. But back then, obviously, you're right at the top. You're actually just off 
minor role, just finished yeah. up really two, three years before that. So the demand is is highest. And, and Brad Goody players it should have been by the because yeah. the, the, the squad was absolutely phenomenal. Can you not really enjoy it when you're not winning things when you're at Rangers? Especially at that time, as you said, you're a squad. Not, again, me being a young boy and it being my first year there, never maybe quite appreciated it there. And when I went back the next time, it was we were actually winning things, so we never really had that. But my last spell, it was tough. Yeah. Because you're not winning things, and it is tough, which is mm-hmm. hard because the fans are expecting uh, me being, actually being in the place before two times, I'm wanting to be successful so if you're not winning things and again I look back in that time with that group of players how we never won anything was, was phenomenal you see the next pre-season did you anticipate you'd be moving? no how did it come about then? because at the start of that season I come back in flying yeah and Lee Dick had actually spoke to me and says at that moment I was ahead of the other boys right so again we've already listed the, the lads that we were up against so a lot of experience, a lot of quality. And the first game of the season was Aberdeen, I think. 3 0 going. And I was on the bench, but I came on at 0 0 and pretty much had a hand in the three goals. Right. He just came to the club as well, by What a player. Unbelievable. So he had just came to the club as what well. What a woman he is. <laughs> so one 3 0, and I had a hand in the three goals. And I was like, I think the next game, I might not even have been in the squad. So I was like, What's going on there? Like, there were, only, there were only two or three games in the season, and we went away with the with the 21s. And on the flight back, Nigel was going Smith all the time. And on the flight, he had travelled with the team. But on the flight back, he spoke me at the airport and said, Look, there's a chance to go to Rose or not. And I was like, Well, this is just kind of come to the blue, but I mean, it's, it's, it was all being okay. So I just had to go and see me Dick the next morning. And he was like, He had only night he was fully aware of it, to be honest with you, but if you want to go and play, you might not be getting that much game time, which I, maybe me said, but Gaffer, only a month ago you're telling me I was ahead, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be going in and, oh, that things change, right? No, I said, that's not even all. I'll just go and go to Wolves in. He went down and brilliant, loved it. What a club, Wolves, yeah. Massive, yeah, isn't it? You know what? Four, well, it's effectively five years, but four and a half of when I signed my contract, brilliant five seasons there. Absolutely loved it. I made some right good mates. Met that lunatic Naylor. Lee Naylor, yeah. It was a yeah, brilliant group of players. Massive football club and we had some really, really good times there. See, when you were doing there on loan, Alex McLeish got the Rangers job at the time. And uh, did you think, were you thinking, well, that, I was back I was, I was on rules, on loan rules. Three games in, well, it was actually five games in, but three, three starts. My third start, we played Forrest at home. And again, I'd scored, we scored in the first two games. Scoring Janet, it was a gentleman Walsall, I think, maybe. I scored, I'd scored my first two games, I think. And we played, I was just, I mean, I'd go off to a brilliant start. We'd just signed Nathan Blake, it was a brilliant foil for Player. me. Uh, up front, you know, George and Dav was there, and another really, really good forward. Uh, but me and Blakey are kind of early doors. He came literally the, the next week for me being there, but we literally we formed a really good partnership straight away. Really good understanding, got on great. And uh, the third game against Forrest, I went for a header, the centre back does the old shoulders on the legs and I fell, broke my collarbone. So I came back up, so I was doing, I was rehabbing, so I came back up, I was doing my rehab, got the up, done my rehab at Murray Park, was back training, a bit rules, uh, wanted me to go back down there as well, so I went back down after the initial uh, rehabbing, I was back training, I went down there and got involved there and they wanted to buy me. Right. <clears throat> so I put a bid in and I'd been accepted. But the chairman phoned me and says, look, we've accepted the bid, but the new manager's coming in. So I want to give him the opportunity to 
keep you to make the decision. Yeah. It was, and I think it might change your, your situation. So I knew it was going to be Alex. So there was a lot of talk it was going to be Alex anyway. But came in the building and saw me. <laughs> Why? A phone call the same like, the minute Alex was announced, the chairman, I think I'm sure it was the chairman for me against his look, well accepted the bid, so if you want to go and speak your roles, you can speak your roles. So. so did you ever speak to Alex? No. And I was Do you know think that was a bit bad for him? Again, I just look at it and think, there's three million on the table, which is a good amount of money at that point. Uh, and you've got all that talent at your disposal, you know, so you might have thought, no, well, listen, that's fine. Well, but you got to do that. Uh, I, I didn't want to leave of course I was guided to, like, to leave that football club but I'd be the rules but Birmingham was a great night out rules <laughs> were decent as well but rules I really enjoyed that yeah. I made some right even in that 3-4 months I made some right good mates and a right good vibe for the for the club for the fan I realised how big it actually was as well so I'd enjoyed my time there so I was disappointed but that's football yeah. it says all if, I'm, if, I'm, if you see me he's not going to be part you're the first team squad then I'll go elsewhere and I'll, I'll try and go and make a career elsewhere so I went that day went down signed the four and a half year deal it's not like you're signing for breaking you're signing for rules exactly. uh, tremendous uh, Paul Ince the governor yep. how is he right. what, was he more here than Barry Ferguson right up there was he a top player uh, incredible but a winner just a winner you know what he's see because you'd hunt Barry Ferguson did that stand you in good stead when you went down to Wales and a guy like Paul Ince you can take that I think they were on different levels, you know, because I mean, Ince had been at Man United and out of Milan. <laughs> you know, like Fergie was just Fergie at Rangers, but he still commanded the same kind of respect and was still as demanding. But Ince again, and, and there's no doubt Paul Ince played a big, big part in my development, Joel Lescott's development, Lee Neller, Keith Andrews, Adam Proudlock was at the young boys. Yeah. Any young player coming through, you just need to look at him. Dennis Irwin came at the same time, by the way. Did he? But Dennis was a, a different character. He led and he was an example in different ways. He's obviously played Wincy, so he knows what Wincy's like. Dennis was a real kind of calming influence, but equally as demanding with the levels he was at my for 15 years, I think. Yeah. And then we signed the two literally within weeks. So we had these two guys coming to the football club. We were signing these boys for Man United. I think Wincy was at Middlesbrough, came from Middlesbrough. Yeah. But, uh, Unbelievable player. Could you get a beer with him after it as well? Me and Ince become really good mates. Did you really mates either, but I'd still, you know, I don't, we don't speak, but I could still drop my wee message every now and again. He actually was going to transfer, I was leaving Derby and coming back to the Rangers in 2008. He had just, he, he was in the process of taking over at Blackburn. Yeah. And he was going to, he was, if it got it earlier, I might have, I might have signed for him, but again, chance to come back to Rangers. Uh-huh. Would, he, would he tell you man your right stories and all that when you were sitting there having a beer? Not really, to be fair. I mean, if I wanted to ask him, he would, he would, he would tell me. He was quite a, he was quite a, he was not quiet, but he kind of kept, he was, his circle small, you know, but he's a brilliant guy, top player. Uh, yeah, I, I say, real. Did you call him the governor? No. And yeah. There's always an yeah. I love that governor, eh? Brilliant. Oh, Who's better, the governor or the daddy? You know who the daddy is, don't you? Who's the daddy? Big Elvis. Big Elvis. <laughs> Big Elvis. We'll, uh, we'll stick with it. Bye bye, Alan. Big Elvis. Oh, great guy, isn't he? Uh, I remember the goal he scored against Inverness in the Scottish Cup. It was last last minute. Uh-huh. He scored the equaliser and I scored the winner. And he sees it. Who's the daddy? He's back in but I was like, no, it's not you. Brilliant. Uh, during the Wolves period, Naka scoring in big games, mate. Germany, Italy, Man United. Did that pre- prepare your profile at that time? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Particularly the Italy game. Uh, I, mean, I was a three, 
coming up and timed it well. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you see when you refereed, you, you refereed coming up, I need to perform you? No, I just, I just went about my business the same way, but I'd, I'd started the season really, really well for Wolves that year. Uh, obviously, back in the Championship at the time, Glenn Hoddle was manager. Unbelievable. Did he join in? Huh? Joined in, unbelievable footballer. But, you know, Glenn was, you, you hear, and you don't have to look fatty, like to hear managers and coaches talk about the way they go about the business now. There's a lot of emphasis put on styles and philosophies and blah blah blah. Glenn in my opinion was the first to do that. First I seen yeah. that first in my career anyway. That I seen in that he was probably ahead of his time at that. I mean, as he still he did still take part in training by the way, it was a disgrace. Uh, Richard Goff was on me and said he was unbelievable. A disgrace. See the big Scottish games, the ones you scored, how good a feeling is that's going for your country. So you always look forward to going away with Scotland. Loved it. So I know you know when you see the boys dinner really. I see I, I don't like Aye, it does aye. That's and I loved it. I mean, you know what it's not for everybody. I've always said that like I would never if 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 somebody was to go to look, it's no it's not for me, I don't enjoy going away away from the family or whatever, I'd rather concentrate on the club. That's fine. Uh, but for me, I loved it. I love going away and meeting up with the boys that you've not seen for a while. Yeah. Even when you, when you leave, when I leave, leave Rangers and you're going back and you're meeting the boys out there, because they're always in the, the Scotland squads back then, there was always a strong old firm contingent, you know, whether it be Celtic or Rangers, there was always probably eight or nine lads that were, that were or three or four lads that you played with that you've not seen for a while. So I always enjoyed going away and like, every time I pulled on jersey, it was a proud, proud moment, you know, so... Scoring in the other games, the Germany game was a brilliant game, all of a cannon goal as well. Wow. Early games, you're up against Nestor and Cannavaro. Craig beat you, ripped two of them apart. Absolutely killed them. <laughs> <laughs> killed them. <laughs> so, see, when you were international, would the Celtic boys be, when you knew they were a free, you, were, you were a free transfer, sorry, would they be trying to attempt to yeah. go to Celtic? No, never, no, no. It never ever happened. It was, uh, I mean, there was a lot of things going on that, that year because I'd started the season. Well, that early game for me was massive. That led to actual interest in Italy. Oh, did it, right? To who? Uh, Roma. Wow. Had an opportunity. There was a big dice and it never ever came to any, never came to fruition, but there was some talk. There was some real talk between my representatives and, and them, and there was opportunities there. There was like another couple of teams that were, kind of, because that's what I think, that these kind of games at that level can can really put you on other people's radar. Imagine so, you and Totty ripping shit up. Dude, they've killed it. Wait, with the pizzas and that, oh. You know, I had another opportunity to go to, had an opportunity to go to Fiorentina when I was leaving Rangers on a free in 2011 and it fell down at the last minute. Oh, you're kidding. I was actually doing some work for them at the time and I spoke to him and pretty much everyone agreed. Why did it fall? Ah, I'd rather not go in. All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the mafia again? Big like Perini. Like it was one of your ex-teammates or ex-managers that maybe put out a wee... Oh, fuck up at him. Fuck up at him. Um, so how did Celtic come about then? And listen, one time, but I just finished a game uh, and... I got a call for someone who says that there was maybe an interest there. Obviously, Stevie Gordon was the manager. And then we got, got put in touch with a chat. And he says, listen, I want, want, want to sign you. And I was like, right, OK. And again, being on a free, and at this point, there was, we're talking to a lot of people, but even now, at, at this stage, and back then, I would speak to anybody who wanted to speak. I would never knock anyone on the head, whether it be low level, higher level. I would... I would Go and see what everybody's got to say because sometimes it's not necessarily about the level or about the, the deal, it's about where do you see me? Yeah. And like fitting into the plan. So we saw again that we're going through the, the process of coming into January when you're, you're on a fee, you can speak to people. So we're speaking to who we can speak to. And then that, that one progressed, you know, other ones were there, but uh, that one progressed pretty quickly. And it was again, for me, it was an opportunity. I want to win. I mean, again, you'll see through this, I want to be 
part of a team that wins. I want to play. I want to. I want to look back and think I've done this. I played with that team. And we won this. We won that. Champions League. I only had one game in the Champions League. Was that one we talked about against Monaco? It's only only appearance I had in the Champions League. So that was another opportunity to have a wee, a wee crack at that as well. So actually, that progressed more than anything else. And you had the decision to make: do you want to wait and see what pans at the end of the season, or do you want to take the plunge now? And we went for it. How was Gordon Strack when he first spoke to you? Sarcastic. Just the usual Gordon. Gordon, isn't it? I mean, he's top manager. Uh, really, obviously, was a top, top footballer. Again, you talk about the players that we've talked about and the, and the teams that the players. I just look at, and look at Gordon's game, still playing in the 40 as well, at a right high level. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was. He made it clear that he wanted, he wanted to sign me. Uh, came, but spoke a few times back and forth. And actually, that one progressed. And he made me feel made me feel part of it, wanted, so yeah, that, again, that's something that you want as a player. Huh? Were you not worried about being an ex-Rangers player? Aye, I was a wee bit, like, it took a wee bit. Just ask anybody for any advice on that now? Just yeah, single-minded? Aye, mm-hmm. quite, again, quite strong, strong love with that kind of thing. It was, it's an opportunity, I looked at, you know, that's, you're playing a big club, massive club, in the Champions League, but hopefully going to be at the top, the challenge and they win cups, win leagues, that's what I wanted to part of. What did your dad say? Again, it's like, I've always been somebody that, again, even for young, like, see when I hear about now, like, players are like 18, 19, 20, is it their dad's maybe phoning up? Their agents are that, To say, why well, my boy won't play, right? The last involvement my dad really had in my career, outside of me speaking to him, was taking me up to sign my contract with that as well. Mm. You know, I've always been quite independent. I mean, I'll speak to my dad about football when it comes to, he'll still come to the games now. Uh, him and my mum still come to the games, but it's, uh, I've took the path that I've wanted to take, you know, and I'd always let them know, this is what I'm doing. Oh, you sure? Are you sure? That's, that's fine. I'm fine. Right, as long as you're happy, what do we want to go and do? Free transfer must have been some deal for you. Oh, <laughs> I got the hay know, bedroom in Bolville, didn't it? You know what? There was, better, there was better deals on the table than with, or I say, like, as much as there was nothing concrete, there was charity initially, it was better deals, but I said I wanted to. There was, there was two opportunities in the Prem, but there were. Teams that are getting brilliant teams and brilliant clubs, but are they going to give me what I want, which is to be at the top challenge? And it wasn't going to be a top four club, you know, yeah. that wasn't on the table. So it was uh, an opportunity. There was, there was better deals on the table, but I wanted to play part in successful teams. So it was, uh, I listen, it was a good deal on a free, obviously, it always helped. <laughs> I love how you smile every time. <laughs> um, see, when the move actually was announced, yeah. it was the phone off the hooker, huh? I, it was me because it, it was a, it's a big deal, you know, but it was actually announced at the end of January, I think, or into February. Uh, it was because once it was, it was a pre-contract, so it was done. It was done, so it was, uh, it was announced that. It was a wee bit... Uh, is it, is uh, it a wee bit I like a help? Fuck. I uh-huh. think that helped, because when I eventually arrived, all the talking... It had gone, people, right, uh-huh. All that, well, he's rubbish, or he's no good, or he's this, or he's that, was gone. So I come back and just concentrate now. Yeah, a good pre-season and, and, and looking forward to the season. Did it feel weird doing the Celtic strip? It did feel weird, aye. Uh-huh. It did feel weird. That's why I won't last time here. <laughs> uh, what were you more nervous about? The move or having to get on the end of Mo Kamara's crosses again? <laughs> more. Well, I played with Mo Rose as well and it's uh, one of these guys, you know, like, <laughs> strength by the way. Got some attributes. Yeah. Very, very rapid. Absolutely rapid, but 
Somebody's decision about getting involved. What was that? Like that? What was the tuba going to pull about, you know? Yeah, that tattoo, I think. What was that, do you know? Yeah. What about was Tommy Burns then? Tommy was there, man. What a guy. I mean, you only know Tommy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've become really close with Tommy. I've got with Tommy with the national team as well. And, and then obviously, he was like, I just love him. I mean, uh-huh. he'd be saying, <laughs> I loved it with Gordon, because Gordon knew obviously what he was. He was, I mean, what a guy. I mean, top footballer, man. Really good brain. Knew his stuff. I really enjoyed working with the Scotland team and he's, Towards the end of Bertie's reign, Bertie was getting obviously a lot of sick at the end of that, but Tommy then took more of a hand, yeah. actually in the training and things, and he was very, very good. Aye, his training was brilliant. I just remember him, the, the, the team we'd been in, and Tommy would go and sit next to Aidan. i said, what are you playing by? <laughs> the team's dead. Are you still playing by? <laughs> brilliant, aren't you? Yeah, he's, he had all the sayings, is everyone all right at home? Or, <laughs> Kenny, you've got players that can do that. Get guys that. at the pub to do that, brilliant, isn't it? Um, see, on Stratton uh, and Aidan, you thought he was quite harsh on Aidan, I think. I thought he was, but I, I understand why he was, because Aidan was, I mean, he was 18, 19 at the time. Yeah. I think Aidan had maybe an opinion I had. <laughs> uh, at that age, when he was, Aidan was special. Yeah. There's no doubt about it, his abilities were special, and you've seen that for the minute he came into the sale to the first team, but he probably had too much to say for the sale, and, and Gordon didn't like it. I mean, that was on the receiver end of that as well. Uh, like having a having a, an opinion or a view, we gone didn't want it. it was, that was that. But Aidan at, at that age, I just thought he thought no. But I thought he was harsh on him. But maybe Aidan should have learned after the first time. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe I just need to know Sarah here. But what a talent! Because guys called to say down here that it was always be it always be uh, you and Strachan arguing. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah, well, he told you they should have could have been on. <laughs> <laughs> You need to do this, you know, can I put out that cane? I don't want to hear your shoulder could have with us. I was sitting there raging in my room, right uh-huh. I'm sure they actually threw a wee tummy vaseline and called those say that one. No, no. Threw that, well, maybe the Vicks. Right. And that thing goes, I think I was up and I was like so angry that it was because he kept, it was a few guys he would always come for him, guys he wouldn't go for. And I was like, I'd had enough of it and I was up and then I'm sure he, was, he was that angry that he picked the Vicks up and he was like, when he threw it, I think it bounced and got called on the shoulder. <laughs> called those doing the ice on his knee. He was raging. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Uh, what was it that annoyed you about him? Did you just feel like he was always getting on your case? Uh-huh. Well, he wasn't always on my case, but if I felt those things that were, if he was making a point I felt was wrong, then I, I would try and say it. But listen, he was the manager, and it was never, like, I would be more, because I'm I, I, very respectful of him, but if he'd say, like, you should have done this, and I had actually done that, I'd be like, give her a day that. And then he was just, no, no, you know what? And he was, he was good at the, like, the cut-off one. So you go, no, no, don't talk. And you go, no, don't talk. And you go, you're sitting there. Would he do that to you? Don't talk. Not just to me, but to the other guy. But you got a wee guy inside, you'd be stoking the fire and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember his best put down at somebody now? Aidan was a harsh one. It was a circus at throw. Oh, I remember one. that. Uh-huh. Again, that part it was harsh, but obviously the rest of the group were all sitting there. Aidan and Aidan would have to go back. Aidan would be raging, uh, sitting in the corner, raging. Thought you're just a circus act. <laughs> You're just a circus act, man. Tremendous. Uh, Tommy Gramson joined the same year. He's a legend on the show, mate. We've had so many stories. How mental is he? Because I don't think he'll believe. Oh, he's based. He signed him for the Emirates. It's unbelievable. <laughs> this guy played like Real Madrid. Right, but what, you know, see, when I, play, I played against him when it was at Everton, so we're at Rules playing against Everton at Goodison, and it's potentially the best first half I've ever seen anybody play. He was it tremendous, was wasn't he? Unbelievable. He's, I think he scored, he set the next one up, he was just running through midfield, beating people, because that's the way I mean, you've seen that in spells at Celtic. 
it was an unbelievable football, but it was just crazy. We struggled with be trying to get the reins on and get him to play within a shade. Tommy would just be here and there. But I remember there was a, the Man U game at Knacker scored the free kick. I'm sure he played him. He played him in a different position, maybe been off the striker. Right. And within 10 minutes, he knew, I have to change this. This guy's, I've asked him with this, I bet he's just all over the camp. And sometimes it would work, and his abilities were unbelievable. He was strong as an ox. Uh-huh. Never done any gym, he just wanted, you know what, he just wanted to a big kid. He just, you know what, he might be a wee bit actually, Fernando. Right, so when they say that, uh, just so full of life. energy and full of life, and just loved the game, and he just wanted to play, he just wanted uh-huh. to go and get on the ball, but in training, like, it would be unbelievable. Fuck off, lad. Fuck off, lad. I wasn't even lad. I was lad. Fuck off, lad. Would you argue with boys all the time? He would maybe, but it was that kind of character. It would be, some people would be trying, it would be laughed off. He'd make a joke and he'd be away on to the next thing. He wouldn't be, he'd forget what's just went on. But what a Just, Gordon would be then set up and, and setting the team up and things and he'd be saying so Tommy this is where this is where you need to be on the ball and Tommy's like yep 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 and then come the game you'd see the guy from the street like what's going on here he just he just wanted to he was like a 13 year old boy wasn't he he Uh, he just wanted to play football and fortunately for him he could play it very very well Uh, so much focus on you there was the first couple of months tough we we couldn't get a goal no because you would think maybe personally because you had no scope but it's not about me scoring goals. It's about the team winning. Well, it's about uh, the team winning a league. It's about and that's anywhere I've been. If you look at if you strikers need to score goals, it's as simple as that. But I genuinely mean, if I didn't score a goal in a season and my team wins a league, I'll take that every single year because that's what you're, you're playing part of. That it's not about anyone yeah. individual, you know. But when you're not scoring, it's, it's the outside noise, you know. But inside, like I've always felt, I've played, I've played a lot of games. I'm 58, I know, I've played a lot of games, <laughs> but I, I get picked by managers, so I must be doing something, they must be appreciating something that I'm doing, you know? yeah. so as long as that's appreciated, I know it'll be appreciated by teammates, that I know the goals will come, because they have come over, over the years, you yeah, know, so. Yeah. Uh, See, when you're going through a wee spell, how is Strachan, does he come and speak to you, or is it just nah, nothing? No, nah, he was fighting, again, I think, he was obviously happy with the team, you're doing what, uh, he's you're happy doing with the job that he's done, uh, you're contributing to the team, there's no doubt about it. Just know in that final moment where you're either scoring or, or getting on the end of something. Mm-hmm. Like. He wanted his strikers to play a lot, so didn't he? Ah, so it kind of worked hard. So it wasn't just about scoring goals, was it? Oh, no, no. Uh, uh, your first goal famously came against Rangers at Celtic Park. Did that change your relationship with the fans? I don't know. I think, I think to be honest, when I, the Celtic fans were, were brand new. Mm-hmm. They, I never really seen too much of a negative. Once I always before. thought they liked you. Huh? I, I was again. My, my thought on. I mean, I was. I was at Rangers for a year. I was a young boy, and I never worked it, and I moved on. Uh, I came back, and then I got signed for Celtic. I didn't really, again. Maybe it's because of the pre-concert and a lot of the noise and a lot of the talk was done, and now it's a case of talking about somebody else now who's going to be signing or leaving or whatever it is. So I was able just to kind of concentrate on the football. Like I said there was never really any. I didn't feel any negative anyway, but. Even even in that spell, that tough spell, was it seven games or so without a goal or six <coughs> games and whatever it was, I never really felt any any pressure. pressure no. I needed to perform. It was more going back to Rangers, I did feel a wee bit that I needed to hit the ground running there. See, when you were at Celtic, did you ever think it would be a possibility that you'd end up back at Rangers? Or was it just never thought of it? At the time, I wasn't thinking about it, but then Walter Smith took back over. And you knew he and loved you for Scotland? Well, there could be, there could be something there. Mm-hmm. He's went back then, and I love working with Walter. And Ali, 
so I mean, again, I never thought at that moment, yeah. at Celtic, no, I never thought about going back to Rangers, mm. but as it progressed in the way my, my path went, then it become more evident that could be an option. Just a wee bit less on Celtic, uh, you were flying after that game, you scored the one of you, Copenhagen, a brace for you, Benfica, sorry, in the Champions League, the team qualified for the last 16. Incredible. What a would, that, would that be one of the biggest achievements of your career? It was a big achievement when you think of the group that we're in. Uh, in that year, it was a three home, three home wins, three, three away defeats. Uh, just goes to show how important the games are. But yeah. That's the stage that you want to play on. I mean, you, you talk to the hell of that music saying you're standing, you're playing it, you know, after. So that was the first game as Man United. See, after three games, at that point, the Sky Sports News would do like the Champions League top scorers. I was on it. Wow. I was on that, I was on that list with three goals with three games, a lot with the, with the top. Like, I mean, you look at that and you think, it's, it's incredible, you know, like, that's the level you want to be playing at. And, and testing yourself, whether it be the international scene or whether it be that level playing playing for for Celtic or Rangers, it was that's where you want to be playing, you know. Uh, you won the league and cup double that year. Surely the mindset was I'm coming back again, I win the league with Celtic the next year. Well, I came back in actually. I started that season but again pretty well, very similar to when I left Rangers. As much as I never scored in two thousand and one when I left, I hadn't scored goals at the start of the season, but I played a part of the game. At the start of that season I scored I think that's what three goals and two appearances. One against Falkirk, and I came on up at Petardry at one-one, scored two goals there, and then that was that was my last game. See, uh, see that team thought it was a great team spirit, wasn't it? Brilliant, really good group. Uh, was it America pre-season trip? Brilliant pre-season in Colorado. Where I, yeah, again, <laughs> the boys will whoever you get on for that group will tell the stories about that. But brilliant night out. Uh, like end up with Chris. Killing breaking into the, the, jacuzzi. Into the jacuzzi at the end of the night. Aiden and me beat squatting uh, a bit. Uh, scrapping and, and the city set again Gordon being Gordon came down three and a half spin on you our boys have been a thing. Let me guess. McGeady and Ryder. That's right. Okay, that's fine. Right. <laughs> he was hoping they would get battered, wouldn't he? But, no, we deep smoked somebody, he said. Oh, we smoked somebody. <laughs> he's like, Aiden's got an eye like that. We deep smoked a peacemaker, he said. <laughs> I hate the wee peacemaker guys. I just smoked them. <laughs> oh, what a guy, Deeks, man. What was the disagreement at Falkirk then? See, again, I can't remember. Was it Gary Pendry that agreed with you, actually? There was something going on again. Gaffer go. I think we were drawn as well at the time. Uh, I had actually scored. I had actually scored. And, well, maybe in the second half, actually. Aidan done an overhead kick, an incredible overhead kick at the post came back up. I think I then set up to as well. And it wasn't enough, clearly. But uh, there was a few disagreements. I think Mick and Nails were having a bit of disagreement. <laughs> After you'd wind Nails up. I'd go to Nails' head on the, tr- on the trip through. So Mick's giving you a half time, mate. You may need to have a bit back. Ah, you might be a right half-time bang, you're right for Mac. But uh, I was a wee bit... There was, was nothing in it. I mean, again, you go out and you won't win the game. That, that's that's all for it. So I, I think in, in their kind of groups, with strong characters and big characters and leaders, you have you have these disagreements and you move on you go win a game. And I, one of the worst I had was me and Caldo. Right. Uh, George Bowley, you know, the international team, and we're playing Wales, we'll beat 3-0 with Wales in the camp. was at half-time as well, actually, the Cardiff, in the Cardiff City Stadium. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And Fadi's came in moaning about defenders no marking strikers and big Gazzy's moaning about Fadi no holding the ball up or whatever. And I've chucked in and said, Gazzy, that's rubbish, like having a bite, but he's right. We're three on down. He's scoring three headers. F off, he tells me. And I mean, that's your problem. And me and him end up right up coming to balls and I think George was in the shower somewhere hiding through his whistle hiding <laughs> his whistle me and Gaz are going at it Terry and the big Elvis oh, it was all hit on the old place but anyway, after game's done setting up it's done uh-huh. it's done and you move on and you've got a game to try and get back into or at least that was a wee bit of time but that's, that, that's what see, the best teams that have been the best groups they can deal with these kind of things because I think everybody knew you care we're yeah. getting pumped here or he's a man if men, you're not doing the job you, we need to find a way that we, that, that we get the result and we get the job done and again I, like I said I've seen people come to blows and again after it you move on and you go for a drink uh-huh. right so when did you start to get the impression the club would be open offers were you uh, told that no it wasn't we got a call from my agent to say that, that me Billy Davis had been on the phone to see if I'd be interested in going to Derby uh, we then I think a deal had kind of pretty much been agreed but see as a deal agreed for you to move that tells me that you're maybe not that, that that wanted. And when I spoke with spoke with Gordon, it was one of them stay if you want to stay and, and feel that nonsense. If you want me to stay, then you'll be mm-hmm. saying I'm, I'm not going anywhere. So I was like, it was left up to me. So I thought, right, you know what? Peter had made his views clear that he wanted to take the deal. And he was, he was Peter was being Peter. Mm-hmm. And again, he's done a fantastic job at the Celtic over the years, but he's ruthless when it comes down to it. You have to be. In, in that business so he had made his kind of views quite clear and so I thought right, fair enough why do you think Strachan was happy for you to go I don't know like, again there's, there's players there again maybe he looked at me uh, to try, what was a stamp you know the opening game of that season was Kamalik and it was uh, he played Kiss Killing up front I've Kiss Killing's playing for Eddie it's time to go I killer played I don't know at home with Kelly and then again no inkling I went on by it uh, and then I started the next game. I started the Falkirk game. And then I think, I think we won 4 2. Uh, 
Is that your wallet making that noise? That's my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one four two. I think I set a couple of them up. I scored had a decent game. You know, the problem is that I had a couple of you know, injuries. I had Mohammed was a wee bit thingy at the start of that season. Well, what I'd done is I, I told Mohammed in the cup final. Right. So I came back early. I had to get get back up to speed. So there was still wee niggles with that when I came back. So I was in and I was out and I missed the Spartak qualifiers through injury. So that's why the only two appearances I made were full cup as mm. a start and a, a sub appearance up at Petaudry. So, uh, and then the opportunity came to go, spoke with Billy. They had just been promoted. Uh, I know a big Piro had went down there in the January and spoke to him. Stan, you want to stand next to Piro in the team photo? That's big Piro. <laughs> I mean, big Piro, what a season to have. Uh, it was a disappointing year. It's like, uh, uh, I love my time there, brilliant football club. But listen, the opportunity was there to go. I wasn't getting made to feel that was really wanted to be getting. So listen, that's my, as always, I thought, right, I'll, I'll move on and yeah. try something different. Are you proud of what you achieved this year? Oh, was it a, a double? Brilliant to win a, to win a game, yeah. that's what I went. I went there to win, a, to, win to, be, to compete in the league, to win trophies. Won the league, won the cup. Uh, never scored as many goals as I would like. Scored some big goals. Yeah. Contributed, no doubt, to us getting through in the Champions League with the goals I scored as well. Uh, but no, I enjoyed the year. It was exactly what I wanted to be, which is experience the Champions League. We got to the last 16. Very unfortunate, not to progress. Won the league, won the cup. That was, that's why you See, when I see you on the telly now, I always wonder, is it hard to speak about Celtic in a good way when you've had the career at, you've had at Rangers? Again, I, I'm, I'm quite easy about it because everybody's career, you get opportunities, you know, that was an opportunity at the time. I thought at the time was the best opportunity for me. Yeah. Could I have seen what was going to happen afterwards? We're in, listen, I've been a, I was a Rangers fan, there's no other played for Rangers beforehand. That's fine, but I had an opportunity to go and play for a successful team. And at the top, top level of club football, that was the only club I was getting the opportunity to do that way, you know. So uh, I left after a year, a year and a bit, and then obviously what happened after that? It's, it's, it's hard because you don't want to disrespect people, but at the same token, it's not a year that I've lost it, it's a year as in my career. Yeah. You know, it brought me success. It's, it's what I, it's, that's why I went there to have success and play at the level I did, i.e., the Champions League. So it was as part of my career, you know, but obviously it becomes harder when you go on to do what you do. Uh-huh. Uh, your season at Derby, a bit like your phone there, <laughs> smashed 11 points, but do you, I knew Jay McEverly played him at Swindon, he says that Robbie Savage was brilliant. Was it, was it a joke in the team talk every week? <sighs> in the huddle? He, he made that everyone had to tell a joke in the huddle? Oh, that's that kind of remember that. that. Uh-huh. I mean, Jay, what a character that boy was. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Like I said, about him a better mate. Right, so when Robbie came in the club just after me, again, a big sign and again, we were in a, a, a bad place to be for the team. But by a brilliant boys, fantastic club and brilliant supporters, but right up against it, right for the off. See, when you're at Derby and then again, you hear a Rangers interest, do you think? No, again? No, it was. Were you just desperate to go to Derby? You know, no, it wasn't desperate to go to Derby. It was, it was the opportunity to go back. Back to Rangers. I mean, again, it was unfinished business here. Yeah. I hadn't won anything. The same reasons that you go there in the first place is the reasons you want to go back. That I hadn't won anything the first year. I felt it was unfinished. You know, see, when I left, when I said I never spoke to Alex, Alex phoned me like three, four weeks. Once he was in the job, he phoned me. I remember I was sitting, I think we were playing Barnsley away. I was sitting there and saying, uh, I think Sean Newton and that boys were playing cards. And the phone goes, it's, it's Alex. So I picked up, oh, what's happening, Gaffer? You know, oh, yes, I've just not the chance to catch up with you, blah, 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 blah. So he's going through my soul. Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shout. I said, Gaffer, mate, you'll sign me back. 
I mean, you'll send me back one day or I'll be back. And I always had a feeling I would end up back. I never knew when, but I just had a feeling I would end up back. And when Walter took over, you know, I could have maybe went in the January. Right. To that season. So the Walter phone you straight away, huh? No, straight away, but there was, there was talk. And I could have maybe went there, or I could have went in January. Right. I played for Celtic and Derby, you can't play for three teams in the one year, so I had to be kind of put on hold. And it still wasn't nailed on, but we had to kind of, kind of bench it until, until the summer. But obviously, we got relegated at the end of that year, and then it really, got up, it really picked up momentum. So no worries at all about only playing for Celtic a year earlier than that? No. Not at all? all. That, again, I, I, I know there was opposition, there was some serious opposition now. There been chance in the crowd that I think it was a game at Motherwell. Well, there was chance of it. No one need to go back and think that that didn't bother me. I was down the road. I never really seen See it. That, uh, but I, I believe that the man who was signing me, people would trust his judgment. Uh, how good is he? How good is he? An absolute legend. You know, like, he's a manager again, and everybody will have maybe one or two of these managers. But and I've had a few by the way, but he got the best of me. He found an extra five, ten percent in me that maybe I never even knew it was there. How did he do that? It was just that was giving you a belief giving you confidence, just putting a complete trust in you that no matter what happened, as long as you were performing and doing the job, didn't need to worry about goals, didn't need to worry about this, you did the job. And he said that to me after a few games in, in his Scotland ring, that after I've told the story, I've told, I've told the story a many times, that we played Austria away, and it was only third or fourth game. First game was Italy, in the San Siro, I go through, scuff a shot, Buffon saves it by the way. No... Someday, <laughs> no Alan Main or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. But it's Buffon that saves it, and it's I'm I'm criticised because that one night, but we lost the two people for he kicks that night. Like, come on now, <laughs> and I miss this chance before. It's a poor effort by that. Sure, sure. Was that a no no? Maybe not. It's your fault. It's your fault. So it's my fault anyway. Next game was in the June qualifier, like Belarus or maybe June no no. Fletch puts one over the top, and Driller saw it in the top corner. Keeper says it puts it up, missed another chance. So we play Austria in the, the August friendly day. So we're away, so he, he pulled me, he goes, listen, you're playing just off Gary O'Connor, you're playing a wee bit deeper than it, just off Gary O'Connor. I mean, I need ball, Gaffer, but just do what you're doing. He goes, forget all the noise, forget the fact that you're getting goes, you've been brilliant. For the minute I've came in, he goes, you've been a player that as long as you're doing that for me, you will be that number nine every single trip as long as you're playing fat. And the Super had spoke to me just before, actually, five minutes before he had spoke to me, because that was that season at Rogue, that was the start of that season. Yeah. That I came back flying and uh, Ali had pulled me just to start a wee possession and Ali goes, you look flying, you look a yard ahead of everybody and I went, oh, that's Super Ali telling you, you know, one of my heroes. Yeah. And then Walter pulls you at the end of the session and says, look, forget, you will be the number nine in this. I scored that night. The next game was that league game. And the, the game after that game, midweek, was two goals against Norway. And it just, I came away speaking for, you know what, this, this, this manager's got my back. He yeah. believes in me, he trusts the, the job that I'm going to do. And I felt, I felt 10 foot tall, you know. And he just found that extra. You know what, I guarantee there would be another 10 guys. I'll tell you the same story. I'll tell you the exact same, how he made them feel. Gary O'Connor actually takes credit for kickstarting your career. <laughs> Big Gaz and Beaks had one of the most surreal nights in a, in a room. I think they were in the Italy squad actually. Right. I think it was the first squad and they two. I think I was rooming with one of them. 
So the other one was clearly coming into the room because the two of them were thick as thieves and it was the two of them would just be talking about smoking shots and hitting squigglers and an old gas. Well, see, if you'd been playing that day, we would have won. Both it's the same for you. Both smoke up each other's arms. Oh, they're brilliant, aren't they? See, when you went back to Rangers, what did Watersmith change? Because... Looking at the squad, it wasn't as good a squad as oh, you'd played with before, but it was the standards higher. I mean, I wouldn't say the standards were higher, but what the... Like you say, I think if you look through Scottish football, so Celtic squad, if you look at the names and, and, and the teams that are, and the capabilities each team to sign, and then you look fast forward in seven, eight years, you would maybe look at the standards and went down, but, the, but the, in terms of the individual qualities... But the standard of the group of what he was expecting, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. The expectations were just as high. I mean, we had some, but I mean, I think we went that way. So I think I signed, Dave all signed permanently, but had been there. Steve Davis, yeah, what a player! eh? Oh, unbelievable, unbelievable footballer. Pedro, Pedro Mendes signed at the same time as well. But until Yellow, until uh, Nikita Yellow had signed two years, I don't think he signed a, a permanent player, you know. It was all loans and years because I think that this was the start of the club recognising it was in trouble uh, a bit of a slippery slope here but what a group of winners you had so you started Fermi Davey Weir uh, Big Jack Boydie Pedro Mendes Davo Nasey Kevin Thompson uh, Stephen Whitakers Sasser Sasser Patrick Big, uh, Big Bouguera honestly like a brilliant team and a right good spirit you know that first season I'm sure we went into the split four or five points back but there was a star a belief in this league yeah we actually went into a game against Aberdeen and it couldn't but it was that close it could have went to goals at this point we were we'd gone at, we'd go, we need to win this 4-0 we need to get the goals back in, against Aberdeen yeah. and you know we went 2-0 up and I think by we're on it and you can see their stupid goal but it turns out it was immaterial because we were like Celtic drew the Habs or whatever and then we went on to win the league on the, on the final day at Tannadice but what a, what a strength there mental strength within that group just oh, yeah. full of winners again boys that would be more than willing to have a tear up would, they have, would that team have tear ups in the oh, training as well David yeah would you wouldn't expect because David was your captain like big David honestly what I'm now as a player club and country and as a assistant manager and the most calm spoken we've had him on here he was so calm oh he'll talk about you'll sit he'll move things about he'll talk tactics with you David was a winner Simple as that. He had people with their throats. I mean, we had actually a joke, but actually big guys playing against them. Big Dave is a serial throat grabber. Have you ever seen pictures of him? Yeah, exactly. Now you say it. Exactly. Something with the throat. But he'd be like that in the dressing. Would you and him ever have a go? Because he'd be setting half, he'd be a striker and that, training that. Listen, we disagreed, but there was never any kind of real disagreements. It was a brilliant character, brilliant player, real good leader. Again, that's why. What does he bring people to the club for? For no reason. reason. <clears throat> no. He's bringing him up here to bring experience. He knew through David Feller and what he was going to be bringing. And David ended up there five years. He strolled it, didn't he? Uh, Brilliant. Was there a pressure for you to hit the ground running with some of the fans? That was. That, that was, the toughest time? That was uh, probably where I felt. Again, always believed that what I do in terms of whether it have been Derby, Wolves, Hibs, Celtic, Rangers, Bursa Sport, I'll give whatever I've got for the cause you know and I always, always believe that that will show and I'll, people will appreciate or the majority will appreciate it there'll always be a minority that might well I would play for them yeah. so it's that kind of mentality but I did feel could like, you hear that in the crowd Kenny? Ah, no so much yeah. but 
it was uh, I did feel a pressure that I needed to try and perform early, and I never started great with my poor result in Europe uh, back against Kaunas. That really was a poor start to the career, and then obviously like, I think it was fourth, fourth or fifth game of the season that you went back in. Did you know before the game? Did you think I'm going to score here? I You're a man for the big occasion. I, I just think that some things are written, you know. Like yeah. When you get your first goals for Celtic against Rangers in an old firm game, and then you go back and your first goals are against Celtic for Rangers. It's, you know, that was my first old firm goals for Rangers, and it was again, it's my first goals in my second spell, you know. So Who were you up against for Celtic? Who was playing second half? Yes, it was big guys. He's giving each other a bit, Jim. Guys and Mick, you know, so I knew it was scoring plenty of dates. Just play on Mick. Yeah, just play in between the dates and the stage. Was that your best moment at the club? One of your best moments at the club? Nah, listen, there's loads of moments over the three years. But again, it was a big moment because I do feel. Turn the fans. It's a cliche to say that, but I do think that was maybe. No turn them, but there was maybe, alright, maybe it's going to be a job for us now, so there's maybe a wee bit more accepted than what it was before, but when you score their goals, I mean, what they do, that's what they say, they say these, these games can make a long term player. See, when you, we're joking about guys and Mick, but would you know that the Celtic players' weaknesses in play on that? Again, because I know them that well, it's, it's not necessarily about their weaknesses, it's knowing how, and even... Would you I, help, sorry to interrupt, would you help Walter as well on that? Not again, what would they need to help Walter as You know, so see, see Pedro's goal, this is where Walter... There's a, like, again, I think football is always going to be football. There's nothing that's been done that's not been done before, yeah. but it's a lot more kind of detail now, and people are going a lot more into detail in terms of that kind of stuff, looking at the opposition, analysis, all that kind of thing. And Walter never really done it, but when he needed to, it's not something that's wrong. He'd know that he'd never done it, but he would see things, the, the things and wee things in games that would give you, because Pedro's goal, and well, it might seem obvious, but he's, he's, he pulled... Dave Walt and Pedro at half time of the game. And he says, Look, they're there at the edge of the box. There might be goes, listen, there's a only only point out, there might be something there. If you if you see it and you move them in, you might be able to find Pedro at the edge of the box. So listen, just have a look, see what he's done. Sure enough, we get the goal for it. By the way, Dave needs to hit the, the pass with the position he has it with. Yeah. Pedro needs to take the touch and drill it with the position and the quality that he does. But just we that we hang out here. Come the bigger games, the old fun games, the Champions League games, and again when he was international manager, the stuff that we went through from these games, the prep work was was excellent. So you, you knew exactly what you were having to do and things. I mean, again, you know the respect with the lesser games and the no so bigger games. He just like he's going to beat them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Footballers. yeah. He would pick his team, he would put us in the shape they were put and he would trust his players. Which again, for a manager, is massive. You need to be able to trust your players to go and play. And I mean, you cross the white line. You're, you're putting all your all your trust in the lads that will win you again. Brilliant. See the title race being that tight this year, that year, sorry. How um, how important was Ali McCoy's spanner about the points? Him like you said, you went four points behind at one stage. Him and, him for and Kenny. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny yeah, was brilliant, Kenny, brilliant. You know, like, Ali and Kenny for Walter and Rangers were the same as what Ali and Tommy were for Walter with the squad. Totally. Like, Does Walter need people like that? I think, behind, so, uh, I think yeah, again, he's not... Stupid, you know, yeah. he knows what he's doing, he knows the kind of characters and the people he's bringing into his club and, and on his team. And they two, I mean, Ali and Kenny, honestly, good football guys as well. Yeah. But for what what we needed, keep the people up, keep the spirits up, keep training bubbly, keep the boys switched on. If they're down, pick them up. Yeah. If they're up, make them better. Just fill them with confidence. They two were absolutely perfect for that. Uh, training was brilliant. It was the uh, Always upbeat. Again, they two, like, 
the, the year I left was the year that Ali was becoming the manager. the manager the following year and Koji was becoming assistant. So just before I left, training and we'd play two touch at the end. So loser goes in the goal, bears an arse. Yeah. Everybody gets a ball and has a goal. Super loses. So Super is in the goal. With arse. <laughs> Some side arse as well. Well, we think we could miss. <laughs> but... Uh, if you hit it and miss the target, you have to go and join him. Right. Koji goes first. Koji shanks it. Yes. Koji shanks To be fair, you can't tell the difference between his head and his ass, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, we're standing, and me and Griggsy are standing. And I say, Griggsy, that's who manager and assistant manager in the goal there. For next year. You know, we're firing the ball a bit. But that was the kind of, that's what they can, they brought the kind of light heart. They kept up beat. Brilliant guy, and you know what? No doubt they helped Walter on the other stuff. That's been Walter wouldn't have allowed Ali yeah. and Koji to take the cup games if he didn't feel they were capable, you know, or he wouldn't have he wouldn't have put his whole weight behind Ali being the manager if he didn't feel that was right. So but they're good, but for what Walter needed, I think they were ideal, yeah. See on the flip side, uh, ask everyone as well that played under him, what's the worst you've ever seen Walter go? Scariest. He's, he went he lost the plot a few times with Tomo. Uh, I think in the European Countess I think big jig total uh, I think he went he went eight, uh, away in Countess Tomo got the brunt of it I got the brunt of it won the uh, St Mirren Cup final half right. time was that the one big boy he said it was too sunny to play oh, football alright oh, okay that was the Scottish Cup <laughs> the Scottish Cup that was the year before but uh, I got it I got it in the neck that day uh, no but no like I was cause we're, we're actually we played Falk at that cup final that year the two hot for football <laughs> that year we got popped by Falk the St Mirren league cup final the next year we're getting a doing for St Mirren as well in the cup final uh, I'm at half time I'm fucking going over now we're, we're boys we're getting battered here we need this a cup final blah, blah, blah. and Walter came in and gave me it and set the arse down shut the F up so I just sat down that was me never said another word at half time but it's, uh, he's went would you, need to would you never ever go back up Kenny no, there? Never? No. Never. I just, I don't know what it was. It was just, there was a, no, that there was no respect for it, but he just, we always got an aura about him. Yeah. You know, and when he talks to us, it's as simple as that, because like I said, see when he's, he might be, he might be going eight, but within that, he'll then get to the points that he wants to make that are completely relevant for what's going to make us better. So it's not so, just a rant for the sake of no, it, there's a point no, behind no, it. Uh-huh. It might be an initial rant, about somebody who did a job, but then he'll get to the point they wanted to be made, and it was uh, you always need to listen because it was like I said it was relevant to what was going to going to help us get better. Was there always a personal motivation for you to be saying, like, given your passion? I always I enjoyed the games, you know, I had good success, goal scoring, good success in the games. Uh, absolutely loved the occasion. Uh, did you look forward to the Celtic Rangers games? Uh-huh. Absolutely couldn't wait for them. Brilliant! I, mean, I love. I love getting the stick. I love. Going <laughs> Celtic Park and getting the booze and the thing and then getting a couple of goals and walking out with three points and then moving on to the next game but no loved them they're the big games they're the games you want to play in that's it and again it's where players, players can be judged whether you've been a success or not being a success in the game so it's always nice to would you and Strachan ever speak during the games or after the games now? never now. No. oh I'd have loved that if you did uh, following season League Cup final you scored the winner only had nine men Incredible. How did you win that again? That's, that game again, that's one of the ones where you see Ali, we have get the reins for that, but in that day, Walter was done on the touchline, kicking every ball, 
pulling everybody into position. And again, they are literally, I think I played three or four positions that day. Uh, you might have been playing different positions depending on whether you were attacking or defending as well, because it was just it was Just, just filling anywhere, uh uh-huh. uh-huh. whole track back, because there's something track, you need to track him, but Walter was doing that. Controlling the like controlling the whole thing, and you see him on the cross. You actually you can see Walter heading yeah, in. Yeah. He's, he's just on the touchline kicking every ball. But that showed the spirit of that team. You know, I've I've no doubt that 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 team was just built to deal with situation. I mean, we never actually got pulled apart too much. You know, the boys were just back defending. Like I would be when you see when you, when you see the goal. It's nazy me and natural that are the ones that are moving forward. It's two strikers. Yeah, you know. So we've only got another. We've only got another five outfield players. Midfielders or defenders, so you're right. You're right up against it, but the boys would just fill in, graft for each other, do the job. But when when needed, you need to try and get forward and win the game. And I think we're lucky enough with extra time because the boys would have been absolutely on their feet. What was harder, playing against nine or nine men or playing up front with Chris Boyd for you? <laughs> big Boyd. <laughs> you know, I loved I loved playing with Big Boyd because the what. I thought we were a decent, we were a decent partnership, you know, like, Boydie was a goal threat, but he done more than that, you know, like, Boydie gets a bit of stick, but Boydie tried to work and they shift for the boys. I like how you said tried to do it. No, but he, <laughs> he, listen, he's, he's maybe, wasn't he built to do, like, to do it as, as well as others, like, yeah. maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm more built to kind of learn about and, and work, whereas what he was, what he brought to the team was... 30 goals a season. You take that out of a team, then you're going to suffer. So what he, he brought a big, big part, he was a big part of that team, and I felt us as a foil were decent. And listen, when you've got guys like Steve Davis and Pedro mm-hmm. Mendes and Barry Ferguson sub- supplying you, Bees, uh, Demarcus Beasley's there for you, brilliant player, brilliant yeah. player on the left side. Uh, would Boyd ever, ever give you a bit of saying, oh, you're on a bit and I'll score now? Nah, you know, I still does that now. <laughs> Still gives it now, but it was uh, again. We were, I thought we were a decent enough. We were a decent partnership that it kind of complemented each other, but also helped the team. Yeah, uh, you won the league in the second year, and were unbelievable form. Twenty-one goals. Why did you leave in January? Third year, sorry. Uh, I saw. Why did you leave in January? Well, it was that season the start of that season? Walter had spoken. We we're going to Australia on pre-season, and Walter says, "Look, again, like I said, I think the club knew." Or Walter knew, we never knew, but I think maybe they knew the road that was they were going down. So yeah. Walter had said to me, Look, I'm going to try and get you another contract. And I said, He's right, fine, brilliant. He goes, I'll try and get the same deal. He was I don't know. He was sort of, I said, I never knew the insight, but I was thinking, Well, whatever. Deserve at least the same deal that I'm on. Like, you don't deserve to be looking at taking pay cuts or whatever. So, as much as if I'd been on the table, then it might have been different at that time. But that never came at that time. It was around about the October time. He come to me and I'd go off to a flyer. So even at that point, there start to be talk about who's, who could be interested and where he can go and all this kind of stuff. So it came to me eventually. It got it got to where I was on the, the same exact same contract I was on. I don't think it was for another two years. So I said, right, fair enough. Fifty a week. We'll think, <laughs> we'll think about it. I know even that, never knew that. But uh, it was it came. With the right, we'll think about it. So me and my agent were talking away, and then a phone call came pretty much. It was either the same afternoon or the next afternoon saying we can't do that. And I was they, they put a kind of 40% pay cut on the table. And I went, You can't take a 40% pay cut, can you? Uh, I said, but not just that, because see if I'd been all it was, then I would have maybe I had to think about it, but 
we were talking, there was a lot of teams on the phone saying, they're a free again this week. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're coming as a free. And uh, a lot of teams were on the phone saying, look, can we do this, can we do that, can we pre-contract, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, that had become what it was and that never moved. So this was probably about October time, November time, and that's, that's where it stayed. It never moved any further. So I kind of knew that at the end of the season, that was me, I was going to be gone because there was never going to be... And again, that's saying, if that was the only option, I tell you, I probably, I probably still just have stayed and signed sign for another couple of years, but it wasn't there. Was, I was no, trying to win for goals before Christmas. Uh, and the hublots didn't pay for themselves. <laughs> so uh, it was, uh, I that I was, everyone was agreed to go to Fiorentina, and I was done. And the day I was supposed to fly out, kind of things went a bit peaked on, and then obviously I had the opportunity to go to do my big Alex, funnily enough, doing right. Birmingham. Right. And then, uh, again, there was a contract pretty much agreed there as well, or it was a go and try something different, with the Bursa. Oh, is that a shambles, huh? You know what, it's funny because I, I enjoyed it. I really did. The football, the fans, the club couldn't do enough for you, the people at the football club were excellent. It was just, it was hard. It was hard for the family. Yeah. Because you're across there, there's nobody really speaking English. Uh, the, the, the hours, they call it camp, were craziness. I was in at 7 o'clock in the morning, not getting in until half eight at night. Oh, fuck. Uh, so it was, it was tough. It was tough. And then Cardiff and Whitecaps, did you play with Barry Robinson? Dude, no leg. What a money. Brilliant. Brilliant player by really, really another guy who maybe goes under the radar of you. Another guy you'd want to stand next to in the team photo as well. And, no, that's funny. He's still right next to him. Like, yeah. You know, like, had some, I used to love winding him up, like, really, because it's so serious about him. Yeah. He's a uh, member of around his, his house one Sunday afternoon, barbecuing. Kids were around playing, you know, like, I just sitting, getting tanked up, having a chat with football, and he would be, uh, he'd, he'd actually decided he was going to wrap the international scene. But he, he put it in a way that he thought, I'll come though, I'll still come if if you need me. And I thought, I said, I'm, I'm giving him a year. So I said, well, like, you know that's you finished. You're, you're finished with the international. He went, how? I mean, he goes, I've told him if he needs me. I went, all right. The game's on the fr- Friday night or the Saturday. There's an injury and a suspension. Who's he phoning? You 4,000 miles away or somebody who's 10 minutes down the road at Hibs or Hearts or, or say, well, that's you done, you're done, mate. You're absolutely done. And he used to what do you think? I went, well, he's not going to, I mean, you'll not get there, Tom. Yeah. Maybe the Tuesday. Uh-huh. And he's like, I mean, you need to phone him. You actually need to phone Craig and say, look, no, no, you want to be kidding. He phoned him, man. <laughs> I go inside his head. I go inside his head. He a couple of days. He goes, I'm going to phone him, man. He's going to phone him. And I didn't want to go out. Sat there, steaming me and just He phoned Craig over in Steven? No, no, Steven. Right. But I got in his head and that was it. He went and phoned Craig. He said, look, no, no, I want to be kidding. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, Rangers return. Brilliant, yeah. No doubt, no doubt in your uh, mind. No, nah, it was... Uh, Who phoned you, Ali? I've been speaking to Ali for about three years. They <laughs> tried, tried to sign back on the day I was going to Cardiff, and then pretty much every time, every time my transfer window came about, when my two years at Vancouver, there was chat. There was chat, and I'd been speaking to Ali, and he's like, oh, no, what a day, it never happened. And I got to the stage, that, I got that moment, they said, right, this is it, we can get it done. And I said, cool. But by the way, we got it done. And then I left Vancouver, by the way, and then still was they done. I, was, I know. I was on holiday because it was done with Ali, but the club were behind it were like, oh, I don't know if we can, what the, I'm, I'm sitting in a hotel in Dubai thinking, yeah, I cancelled it at, at one family at Vancouver to go with my mate as a manager. So right. I see Rob look, we've got a chance to go back to Rangers and yeah, we'd be able to get a deal with the club that week. It was end of May. It was end of May, and it must have been the end of June. 
I'm contracted to the end of June. I went, but if I would stay there and go straight back, I'm getting my break. I went, can we maybe do it a month early so I can go and get a break, get a holiday, uh-huh. and go back at the preseason? And Robo went, let's speak the club. So Robo held me out, got it sorted, and then I'm on holiday in Dubai, and it's still not done. I'm only 40 goals, he's goes, what's going on here? I've left, I've left a contract to come and get the sorted. I went in the club, and the club are messing about, so I'd agreed a two year deal. And then as it turned out, we had to, we had to sign a year with a year option depending on the playing games but as it turned out obviously I played the games yeah. and to be honest with you really fortunate that hand because at the end of that year was the year it wasn't a great championship year yeah. I never got promoted and then Ali had left Stuart McCall came in he then left and Mark Warburton came in and everybody who was out of contract was out the door so you'd like, have been uh, I, I could have been away as well but I'd, I'd luckily signed that played, deal I played the, the amount of games to get the next year so fortunate enough I managed to I managed to go into the Matt Warburton arena. Because that um, first year, these were heavy favourites for the championship, but could you, te- so could you tell straight away that the players maybe weren't good enough? It was different. I yeah. know that. And it wasn't just about abilities, it was about mentalities. Yeah. It was about the, 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 the standards within the group. Wasn't a, there was nowhere near. Is that uh, frustrating for yourself? Really frustrating. Uh, and that's, that was again when I wrote, and I was 34 at that moment when I went back. And I'd been to the club twice. And the fact that I'd been at the club only enhances what I like, like, like what I was. I want I want to win. I just want to win all mm-hmm. of course. Uh, and I just didn't see everybody with that kind of mindset. You know, it was it was hard. And I know Ali found it hard with certain things as well. But I would speak to him a lot about it. And it was, obviously there was a whole other set of things going on behind the scenes. Ali was having to deal with every other day as well, which was tough for him. But uh, it, was, it was tough in that year. Favourites, I mean, right, there's Rangers in the Championship. Like, you're talking about going to being favourites to win the league to actually being favourites to win the league. We finished third that year. Yeah. You know, it was unacceptable. Did and you maybe need to change a wee bit because the players couldn't accept you? It had been quite tough on no, them. I think as the years went on, I'd, even being in the MLS, I'd kind of change me a wee bit. Right. Because They're all quite chilled in there. It's laid back a wee bit. And you still try and maintain your own standards, but maybe not everybody everybody's quite realising that daily habits have got a big, big part of what you achieve on a Saturday, you know, yeah. over the course of a season. That definitely had deteriorated right away. Uh, I think only really now, maybe. That's getting back. It's, it's kind of getting back. And that's no through lack of trying because Mark Warburton and David Beer, and David was the club captain, yeah. what it was about. They're really demanding it, but I think the, the, the backing that maybe he was received compared to what's now is obviously a bit less. First impressions of Warburton, because I like the way we've had him on here as well. I love the way he talks yeah. about football, the way he plays football. Did you like him straight away? Straight away. Uh, I mean, again, at the stage I was in my career, I'm starting to think more, and I had done for the right few years. I'm starting to think about football and management and coaching a lot more than what, or, or more deep than what I had done, kind of even in my previous spell. Now I'm starting to think about how, how you prepare a team, how you get a thing, and he, for me, and set the club up on the right path. Mm. He was well into the academy as well. He was, he was taking a heavy hand in how they went about their business, so it was aligned with the first team. And I know it seems obvious that you would expect something to run from bottom to top, so there's a continuation yeah. of players, young players. There's a plan in place, eh? And, and he done that. Uh, really enjoyed it again, and he, he had the opportunity. And we should have won that league again. Like We won the league and we won it well, but we should have won it. It was against a good Hibs team, man. Yeah. But we should have, because who we are and, and, the, and the budgets that we've got we should have won it and we did but we won it well we won it by a good style that style took a bit of a knock at the, the, the start of the next season but it was the right way 
it was the right way. We just needed a time to get used to the level and that. Yeah. And, and it was. Uh, Would he allow you as an older player to control the dressing room? He, I think he, he encouraged. I mean, Lee was a captain, brilliant captain, and a really good. Trying to get him on this as well. Good guy. Brilliant. You know, listen, you have this here. And Mark Ray, and he'll be talking about it. <laughs> over there, so when he goes in there, he needs to go there. He'll be up there moving. This was us at the bottom of the table with the brown sauces and the ketchup. You and Lee Wallace, was it? Yeah. Uh, no, Liam Kelly, young boy, he'd be there. He's a QPR as well, yeah. Andy Halliday would be down there. You have Nico, Nico Cranshaw would be in the dressing room as well. You'd always be guys that just love football. Yeah. They kind of loved it, so they were always talking about it. But no, brilliant guy. So he was the captain. I was his kind of right-hand man. Uh, but, but we were the only because of what had happened here before we were two of the only ones that were kind of left from that kind of previous era yeah. I'd been at the club a long time he was in his fourth or fifth year he was now the club captain so you brought in good boys and you had Tavs coming in and then you had Andy Halliday's and Jason Hawks and Martin Lancons all came in it was a rebuilding of the, of the team yeah. effectively so we were the guys that were there to kind of try and help the boys and welcome them in and did he want you to put demands on him? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely encouraged. And again, even for not just us, he wanted people, he just wanted everybody to demand of each other. Within, again, we would do analysis every day. Every, would you every day? Every single day. So you'd maybe have the Monday and the Tuesday, would maybe be the aftermath of one game. And it, or maybe the Monday, the aftermath, and even Tuesday, things would start to be getting put in place for the Saturday. For the Saturday. And Thursday, Friday, was real, real detail on how he wanted us to go about our job on the on the Saturday and he would encourage like, the feedback and so what do you think particularly about the the, the post-match stuff what do yeah. you think we've done well how we can be better again the reason we, when we had a plan when you've got a plan like that you can see maybe why things didn't work because well he never done that or he never done this or we're sloppy possession or the tempo of the movement wasn't good enough it's so slow on the ball maybe in a pitch yeah. in the hour and playing that astro and the, 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 temp, the tempo of the passing a wee bit slower again a lot under Brendan, you could hear him talk about it. Yeah. When they kill it on Livingston, you know, the pitch slows the game up a bit. It kills our game a wee bit. So you can see why when you've got a plan when things don't work. So we encouraged players, not just older players, any player, to be vocal and, and, and take part in these kind of sessions. He said on here that one of his problems was he thinks that he signed too many older pros maybe he lost a wee bit of energy for the team. Need to ask, how is Joey Barton? Listen, Joey is a top player. Yeah. Is he? Uh-huh. His career he's had is a top player. Is he has got his own demand and he's got his own way of thinking about the game and he's done a brilliant job at the moment. Fleetwood, yeah. Really, really good job. Uh, loves football. He just, he came in and he had his own thoughts and I think with Joey, what happened was... Uh, we drink before we talk about this, man. Yep. <laughs> Mark had obviously had to recruit him, like, to get him to come up and on the face it's a brilliant signer. Yeah. It turned out it wasn't. It might have become that, but it was... It was not early, early doors. But he had recruited Joey and gave him, listen, you'll be this and you can be this in the dressing room and you can help or you can whatever. And Joey took it really literally because right from the day dot, he made points where through his experiences, by the way, some brilliant experiences that he had, but maybe weren't they completely in line with how the manager had put in his demands across to us the previous right. year in terms of how he wanted us to play. Where Joey was maybe a wee bit more pragmatic in his approach, that he thought, well, but everybody's got to come back for corners. Whereas before we'd been keeping two or three up. Mm-hmm. So that changed. And then, well, if we're under pressure, we maybe need to do this, we maybe need to do that. And then that was against, and I was quite vocal against that a wee bit because it wasn't my demand, by the way, it was the manager's demand. You're going with what the manager's so saying, yeah. And again, there was, 
they're becoming this, in that year, at the start of that year, they become a, a wee bit through recruitment, a wee group that maybe weren't they fully back in the style that, what, that we yeah. had known. And okay, Joey, Joey didn't like the, the references to last year. He didn't like it, which a few people would. Like, refer to it last year, right? Like, ah, but last year was in that level, and blah, blah, blah. And you should have been doing it. But she was right. Yeah. She was absolutely right. But the, the, the demand and the styles, the manager still wanted to do that and still believed, and I believed, and a lot of the boys believed that we could have still achieved that. And maybe we'd have just taken a wee bit more time because you went up a level. Mm. And the boys need to get used to them. Because this was boys by hunting playing Scotland before. Yeah. This wasn't the guys who were at Rangers, dropped in a league, and then went back to a level that they were used to. Coming for it, it's, down it's south a different, that, it's yeah. a different yeah, all the boys came pretty much for down. So you think it's have Rob Kearman, Windass, uh-huh. Big Crooks who were signed for Accrington's on pre-contracts, even even Joy's, Nico's, and these guys who are brilliant footballers, they're playing with a team now who it's not going to be teams are raising their game. Yeah. Absolutely. They're defending deeper. They might know it might not be something they've faced before. Again, I don't know, but it's no I thought that I always knew, by the way, I always knew that this group will need a bit of time to get back used to the demands and again take it to now fast forward it now the reason I think Rangers will be far better this year is because they've had last year Yeah. the players in the group have had last year to get used to the demands of the fans the club everything that comes along with it but also what you're going to be facing, facing you're used to what you've been facing now. and I think that's why managers and coaches well the coaches and managers will be like by the way we played them last year what did they do yeah. Now we can counter that. You can learn for that. Now you can see they're actually dismantling teams this yeah. year. And I think they're far better equipped now because of last year to go and attack this year. So do you think Lord Burton should have been given longer at Rangers? Yeah. Uh-huh. I really do. Uh, I can who knows what goes on behind the scenes. They're sacked, they, they resigned. Like, there's no way they resigned. I would, I would have to say that. I would be very, very surprised if, if that happened. But uh, again, when it happens, it was, it was disappointing because I feel we had us on the right path. And had he been given that speed, I think we were sitting second at the time. Yeah. I fully believe he would have achieved second had he, had he stayed. stayed in the job uh, and had the opportunity to build. Because I think, there you go, he, you say that the gaffer said himself, he maybe recruited too many. If he'd been given the opportunity to fix that yeah. at, at the end of that season. Season and brought so in younger players. So he achieved second. Yeah. Because I think we would have. It's probably the target as well for the season, wasn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, it would have been. It would have been closer to Celtic. Yeah. You wanted to be closer, but second would have been the target. Uh, and you've got to remember that was the undefeated season. That was a phenomenal season. That'll never happen again. Yeah. So, and that's why the gap was so so much. But I believe we would have achieved second, and I think we would have been in a better place the next season. Listen, we have challenged who knows, but we're in a better, better position for him to fix maybe the mistakes that he realised he made, and then again, it's another year at that level. Yeah, all the players getting used to it to attack the next season so I feel we would have been a far better position man. and then Mad Pedro comes in Crazy Pedro, yeah. as Tommy Burns says we can get guys at the pub to do that is that <laughs> your first impressions of uh, you know it was an early impression not just for me if I think about the boys it was it was maybe going to be hard for his work to translate yeah. but he sees work and, and his defence he was absolutely nailed to the, this is uh, how I'm going to work details and this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to stick to it and I believe it because it's worked he stuck to it and he stuck to it and he stuck to it but for an early point I just thought that it's not really going to I don't think it's going to work and know that I, I wouldn't buy it I bought it and every day we would, I would train the way I've trained 
I would, I, nobody would say I don't train well, yeah. I train hard every day. I would do what I wanted every single day. I just felt he pulled me in one day and said, look, this is what this is what I'll try to do. And yeah. honestly, we're in for a minimum of an hour and a half. And the big project, me and him and his coaches were sitting and he's showing me, this is what I want to do, this is why I'm working. And he was showing me clips for Al Garafa playing in whatever league it was at the time. And I'm watching it, and by the way, it's phenomenal because see all the things that we're doing in training. I can see what he's trying to do. I can see them on my screen. screen, right? But what I did say to him, I said, Gaffer, you're going, most attacks that you show me when you're playing the patterns that you were we're doing out there on that training pitch, there's 3v3 and 4v3. The thing, like, it's so open. We, we're not facing that. You'll be 10 men behind the ball. We're not facing that. I went, that's brilliant. I can see it. I do know what you're like. And when we talk about it, it was great. That's all it was. It was just a chat like we're chatting now. Yeah. And I went, I don't know, but it can work. <laughs> And I went, no, listen, I hope so. I hope so. I went, but something, if I can just give you one wee bit of advice, is to try and, is to try and maybe make it a wee bit better. Is see what she, what, because what he would do is, he would clearly watch Motherwell against Kamarnak. And he would say, right, this is what Motherwell do. But they're not going to play like that against you, is it? If I were training, we would now be doing things to work on what Motherwell have just done. I went, but they're not going to be that against uh, uh, us. They're going to have another six men behind or five men behind the ball. Then, by the way, they might change the system. They might change their personnel. So we done work. I think we're playing Partick, and we done work solid on corner Shannon playing left midfield because they played there the week before. The whole work is he is a striker. He is not going to be able to do this. We can play. Corner wasn't playing. <laughs> they were playing a different system. <laughs> still, uh... was like, like, that's what you're going to. You need to have a listen. You can't. You can't nail who's going to be playing or what system they're going to be playing. But I think you can maybe be out, could have been a wee bit more aware that that could be different. Yeah. They might not play strikers in wide areas against us. They might have done that because it was against a lower team. They might play fullbacks against us. They might have uh, went on the way ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, that was the wee thing I just thought. Like when I came away from that, I just thought it's, uh, it could be a here. See, when he was talking about the caravan and the dog to drink, yeah. it was Josh Windass. Is this he was talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the strangest it got? Uh, cook. Well, what are the boys saying in the dressing room when that comes up and he's saying stuff? Know, there was an early meeting, you know, and like, this is where it's no. See that group? We're fully committed. And we'd be, but Josh said that. Uh, to the manager. Everything they could on a training day or a match day, they gave everything they could to the manager. But it just wasn't the work. And you know, we had better, we had good players that we should have been doing better. But when you're getting asked to specifically do things that might or not, are not quite working, it was uh, it was always going to be tough, and I just think at that time we were at the club, we were really inconsistent. So if you look at pre, even last year a bit, but again you can forget it's Stephen's time because pre him we were very we would, we'd put runs of results together, not a lot by the way, but you'd maybe put a couple of results together and you'd think, oh we're turning the corner, yeah. and then because I think there was a stat we never won three league games in a row and. For two seasons. I remember that, yeah. So that's no, you're never going to challenge to win a league. You're never going to win a league. Never mind challenge to win a league based on on these uh, on these stats because we put because that's because of the inconsistencies and sometimes it would work because now we had better players. Other times we just wouldn't. It, it just wouldn't happen for us, you know. So in his defence, he stuck to it religiously. He believed in it, and I believe when he went to Mexico, he would have worked the exact same way. I'm appearing he's maybe linked by an MLS job as well. I don't know if he's got it, but he's been linked by an MLS job. And he will stick to his principles. And that's fair play to him because he believes it'll work and it will work in certain places. I just didn't think for us 
It was alright. Really How close were you leaving, Joe? No, seeing I, I don't. Uh, no, I would never close to leaving. Nah. I think if he had been there, it would have. But you know, see, at the end of the he's, he came in in March, between March and the end of that season, I think the end of that season would have been done because how I eventually ended was was shambolic. But I think behind the scenes, people were maybe wanting to move on from me at that point right. for a number of reasons. Because Mark and Trent Mark was still there up until then, and we had been talking about a new contract from November. And it kept pulling because me and the gaffer were going great, but he wanted me to know that I'm trying here. Yeah. Behind the scenes, they're not, they're not allowing me to give you this contract. And I was like, well, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And again, they kept saying, oh, we'll just wait, we'll wait to end the season, we'll wait to end the season. And I was like, I'm no young player, I'm no, you know what you're going to be getting for me here. You know, if you put a value on what I bring, then that value is always going to be there, you know. Yeah. But it came, so what was then left? And I'm left where much was in for a few games. And then Pedro eventually came in. And it kept going, I was still knowing we'll wait to end the season. And then Pedro says to me that at one point he felt that I was carrying the team. He said that to me. Right. And he eventually gave me a new deal. But it was like mid-April. It was after we beat Aberdeen 3-0. And I scored two. I scored the first two in that game. <clears throat> and it was after that he says, oh, no, I want you to be part of my group next year. And I'm like, bro, let's just get it done then. And it was no, there was no negotiating. There was no money. I would have been one of the lowest paid players at the club. Right. And I just signed the deal. I just wanted to be here for another year. Like, I wanted to stay. I wanted to help. And I, like, I seen my career progressing yeah. at Rangers. Uh, so it was never been negotiated it was just all done and that was the sign and the move on but it took a while I think he needed convinced and then even I don't even know if it was maybe a bit of fan power as well because I got the player of the year I got the fans player of the year I got the players player of the year and I think that also had a part of it got to give him a deal I deserved it and I earned it yeah. but I felt they still thought it was more on the case of we need to rather than we want to so how come you stopped playing under him? I played every minute Pretty much every when I was captain, obviously. Yeah. His absence with Big Waldo was injured. So uh, we played well, we played Partick on uh, Friday night, I think. I think we drew in the league. And then we had Partick again on the Tuesday in the, the Cup. Right. And then we had Celtic on the Saturday. So I played on the Friday, we drew. For the Cup game, he's pulled me on the Monday and says, take tomorrow night off and be ready for Saturday. He was just calling me and he goes, he, he knows I take it home with me. It wasn't a, it's, I, I don't go to work, finish half two up and I'm up the road and that's my mind away. I, I'm, I don't know, I'm most 24 7 of me. Because I care. I care about the place. I came back to try and help, help us get back to the, the top and get back. And I know what, that goes for everywhere I've been. Now I'm at Partick, I'm constantly thinking and, uh, and I take it home. So he, he knew that about me and he knew I was getting frustrated. So he says, right, take it off. We've got a big game Saturday, you need to be ready. So we won. I think we won two one in the cup. I think when I scored that night, actually, I say it in the world, it bounced, it flew in the top corner. He's still boy, isn't he? He's a lucky hat. So I knew it when we play against Celtic. So I never played. We got beat. Was it one 0 Two 0 We got beat. I came on. Dorans, Dorza was the captain, and I came on and gave me the armband. When I came on, it's normal stuff. Yeah. If I'd been captain and Waldo came on, I'd give Waldo the armband. 
it's just that's normal stuff. People question that on the Monday, why Dawson's done that. Dawson was like, well, I suppose he's, he's, he's the captain of Waldo's absence, so it's what you do, but I never thought about that. So, and see, we're sitting in that meeting and I was thinking, oh, this is, this, this is gone, I know where this is gone. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 hand on heart, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, I went and spoke to him, because I spoke to David here, I phoned David, but for a bit of advice by it, I reckon through all my career I've not phoned anybody for any advice. Phoned Big David and I phoned Walter, because I knew we played Hamilton Friday night, I'm getting left out of the squad. The squad, right. I'm not going to be in there. I never played by it. I, was, I played every game, and I was at 1-0 when Celtic scored, when Roger scored, I was the first sub on in that game. And I knew I wasn't going to be in the squad on the Friday night. I just, I just knew it. I knew for the Monday previous, the way it was going on, yeah. I just knew that something was going on. Something was going on. And, and Walter says to me, go, you need to go and speak to him. Tell me that. Just go speak to him and find out if, there, if you think there's a problem, find out if there is a problem and try and fix it. And I've been in three times, four times that week. No, 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 everything's fine. Everything's fine. And I was like, Catherine, I know it's no fine that night. I'm no stupid, I, yeah. I know I've been in football a long time and I can gauge people. I've got a fear of getting a new, if he's acting weird. Uh, sure, my Friday comes. Friday comes, squad goes up, I'm not in the squad. Go and see him again? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, just a quick one, why am I not in the squad? I mean, I spoke to you all this week and you've not said that you've had, I've gave you opportunities to speak to me or, or if you know what I put me in the squad, like normally, you would speak to somebody. Yeah. Oh no, this is just one decision. <laughs> <laughs> inside me I'm like I'm actual like raging but I'm kind of logic takes over I understand it's a decision but see behind the decision there's normally a reason yeah. so can you maybe give me the reason oh no she's just one decision like, okay gaffer all the best just, that was it that the last time you've really spoke to last time. no no I spoke every day every day because every morning you shake hands but I just wasn't in squads just wasn't in squads after but every day training every single day training there was never it, it put me he put me to twenty days. He done at Brentford. Brilliant went down. Great trip. Did you? Huh? One, one five two against Brentford. Played brilliant. Marched the manager again. <laughs> it's like you'd think like there was a real. Like, there was just again the same thing happens. Give us four games. March gets the job. Brings me straight back in. Gives me the armband. We play Hearts at uh, Murrayfield. We win three one. I score two. For the next eight games, I'm the captain. We win six and lose two. We lost against Hamilton. That'd be horrendous games. But we won six and drew, drew two. I got injured in the eighth game at Easter Road. You know, I started one more game for Rangers. Funny life. After that, after the, the, the winter shot, when I came back fit, because I got injured with a hamstring. But I came back, I was fit and able for the first game after the break. And I started one game. One game I started after that. Like, why is that? Uh-huh. Like, why is that? And see the final bit, do you think they were waiting for you to crack so that they could... Get you. I might be looking, like I said, there's no doubt I've looked for a reason because it was, there wasn't even a reason. There was nothing that happened that, that was, everything we've talked about, about David Weirs or Barry Ferguson, this was, this was tame. Hmm. At, at best, it was... Just a discussion. Uh-huh. Effectively, it was a heated discussion between, well, not between anybody, it was the players. It was Lee Wallace as the captain addressing the players. It was me being the senior member of the dressing and backing that captain up and saying, again, boys, this is unacceptable for this football club. Jimmy Nicholl actually said exactly what I said in regards to it being unacceptable, accepting mediocrity, blah, blah, blah. But 
there was an opportunity again after a pumping, yeah. by the way, in a, in a, in a National Cup semi-final to find a smoke screen, a scapegoat for, to maybe mask away to what's actually just happened. And again, it did, it done that. Two weeks later, we got scalped again. March gets the sack. And that was that. I'm not going to go into detail, but the only thing, it was billed as a bust-up between me and Liam and Graham Money. That's what it was bust-up. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like against the marriage. And I've seen a lot of, one of the funniest stories I heard is Waldo pinned much down and I was biting his leg. <laughs> 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 well, you know, it's like it's the kind of stuff that you see on the Waldo pinned much down and Kenny was biting his leg. It was, uh, it was absolutely tame. And the only, like, there was no bust-up. March wasn't even in the dressing room. That, that, that is it so how it was kind of bold and portrayed it was no how it was what, uh-huh. uh, it was literally boys getting together and having a bit I said Tav was going off his seat at half time the club captain now was going ballistic at half time in that game because I'm getting a doing yeah. Jimmy Nicol again a guy who's played at the club and, and knows the expectation he was gone what he, like, there was no any, anything different between how we went on that and how they done it uh-huh. it's, uh, it's what they chose to do uh, was, was wrong what are your feelings towards the club at the minute? Love it. Absolutely love it. My, my feelings for that, I've no ill feeling towards the football club at all. I want to wish it every success. I hope they get back to the, the absolute top and, and, and the winning trophies again because, like I say, ultimately I've been a fan all my life and I, and I still want the club to, to do well. And it, it's, it never, it doesn't, I'm disappointed in how it finished my time, but I've no sour feeling about it. I'll never dampen what I achieved and, yeah. and the things that went on. I, mean, I played over 300 games for the club over 100 goals, won leagues, that'll never ever change what happened in my time there. Uh, it's just that last, that last few months was, was tough because I knew, I knew the road that was going down and I, I felt it was unfair. Uh-huh. Uh, just finally, Kenny, management at Livy, is it management in the future for Coaching, management, coaching, uh, assistant manager, I really enjoy my punditry work as well, so if, if the opportunities to be coach manager weren't there, then I would, I would look go into that. Uh, so I definitely I loved I loved that that wee spell at the margin I really loved looking at the opposition preparing my team working out in the training field that kind of Thursday Friday leading into a game and then in the game seeing the things that were working on coming to fruition and actually it gave me a, a belief that I know what I'm doing I can do this I know, I know what I'm doing like again I, I would always speak to the players as well uh, we've done that do you, do you think it's worked it's exactly what we've worked on brilliant let's go keep doing it so you're always looking for that feedback but then ultimately as a manager that group need to believe what you're saying and they need to be able to achieve what you're trying to get them to achieve but if you get them believing and get them behind you then you, you honestly it's, we talked right at the start what was that about the group there's no limits to how far a group can go when they've got that if they've got the, the togetherness the, the team spirit the belief in the manager you, you build relationships with your players there's no, there's no limits to how far you can go Kenny it's been a it's pleasure mate. thanks very much mate cheers Thank you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.